Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Avocado Games cast recorded in 2019. Woo! We've got a lot to talk about today. First off, what we played over the holidays. We're also going to talk about AGDQ, the speedrunning marathon that's going on right now. Well, not right now when you're hearing it, but, you know, it's right now when we're recording it. We're also going to be talking about big moves from Bungie. And on top of that, our predictions for 2019. So it's going to be a packed episode of the Avocado Games cast. My name is Merv, and joining me, he recently entered into a Mario Tennis cosplay contest as the ball. It's Mr. Glitch. It's me, Mr. Glitch. Hidetaka Miyazaki blocked him on Twitter for repeatedly asking when Bloodborne would receive swimsuit DLC. It's Ben. Morning. And he's the only Covenant grunt who never flees in terror. Uh, too bad his needler's all out of ammo. It's the Kappa. Hey, what's up, guys? So, how are you guys doing? Good. And Mr. Glitch, you're Italian now, apparently? I'm Italian! <laughs> I'm a stereotype! <laughs> oh, God. This is, this is going to get us banned from iTunes. I'm a sorry, iTunes. All right. <laughs> it, it's fine. iTunes, I don't, I'm surprised iTunes has kept us up for as long as... Uh, they have, considering how much we talk about touching Birdo in weird places and <laughs> attacking well, you guys talk about it. I'm just butts. too terrified. I, I mean, I think Birdo's adorable, but that's just me. Yeah, Birdo is a wide awake nightmare. I'm sorry. I, I feel like you said that exact same sentence on this podcast before. It's because Birdo is a wide awake nightmare, and I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, it's cool. I I. If somebody wants to send me a Birdo plushie, I'd be super grateful. So, <laughs> all right, what have you guys uh, been playing lately, or what do you guys play over the, the winter holidays? Uh, I'll start out. Yeah, uh, Kappa, yeah. what did you play? I, I did. I uh, put a bunch of Total War Warhammer Two, which is just an unfortunate title because spitting that thing out is like like a tongue twister every time, but I think they should just call it total Warhammer too. You just streamline. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I've been saying. That's what I call it. It's really, it's, it's really fun. And it's probably the perfect match of genre and property. When you get to the total war games that have been going on for a while and Warhammer, um, just a very convenient marriage, um, of, of both properties really working well together. Um, I've enjoyed what I've been playing. Um, it's hard though because you with so many different play types and uh, civilization or whatever you want to call them types, it can feel like some are <laughs> definitely like much better for certain phases of the game. Like a lot more so than say like in Shogun or Medieval or Rome, where you know usually you have you you all kind of shine around the same time. Uh, this game, there's definitely early and late game civilizations, much more like civilization would be, right? Um, so sometimes you can be playing for a long time and not really be realizing the the true power of your of your faction, um, which isn't a bad thing. It's just you know you have to kind of plan a little bit more for a long the long game rather than just what you can get when you can get it, like some of the other civilizations can do. Um, I did have. Warhammer 1, so I'm able to unlock the Mortal Empires, I think it's called, the campaign, which is a really cool thing they did. So it's kind of like 
they look at Warhammer 2 as almost like a faction pack, like a giant faction pack. And if you had one, you could just basically plug and play with different lords and um, leaders and stuff like that. So that's kind of a nice little thing that they could do rather than just dropping everything out of it. But, um, you know, some gamers, some games when I play, I can say, okay, this this group, this faction, I'm just going for like what they call a short campaign victory. In other words, just kind of beating out your neighbors and then maybe doing a couple little goals here and there. Uh, whereas other ones, I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to be able to really ramp up my power until late game. So I've got to start looking at what the long-term victory conditions are. A um, couple really fiddly mechanics. Confederation, um, which is, it used to be vassal states in other games, um, where you basically force people into your empire by being so much more powerful than them. So um, like... You, you become like this big umbrella faction? Is that the idea? Yeah, exactly. Um, you can only confederate your same race. So like you can't confederate dwarves if you're the humans, for example. Um, okay. But there's also this weird thing that goes on where if you're so powerful that you outpower other factions, they kind of look at you like say, oh, well, the humans are more powerful than the dwarves, so we don't have any need to be more confederate with you, even though it's me, not you. That's powerful. Does that make sense? So... But they kind of look at the the race's power, not the uh, not the individual faction's power. So it can be kind of annoying late game to try to get them to fall in line in Confederate. And you don't want to declare war on them because there's such a big warmongering penalty with your own races. Um, so I tend not to do that unless I absolutely have to. But th- that, that mechanic aside, um, there's lots of individual mechanics with individual factions that are really, really, really weird um norska plays like a whole different game uh the skaven uh, same thing i mean they're, they're like a sub-faction of rat men that just kind of exist in their own world and god help anybody who tries to fight on their territory because you just dominate them but it's a very defensive faction it's very hard to to take anything but it's very 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 hard for anybody to take it from you as well so um really See. enjoyed so you kind of have to like wear your opponents down if you pick a more defensive. Yeah. yeah. So, what 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 Warhammer does that maybe the other Total Warhammer or Total Total War games do is um, certain civilizations, vampires, undead, Skaven, and Chaos, they kind of put out like this taint in the land, and so think of it like. Go ahead. They're like the Zerg. Yeah, kind of. So it's like a it's like a, a shadow public order debuff so like if you can keep spreading your skaven taint into lands um you have an easier harder time taking it over long term um it also lets you do certain things like if you have a very high skaven taint in an area you can basically summon armies for free uh during the fight um skaven taint. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a lot That's more. That's the episode title. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to figure out when it comes to like the vampires. That's a lot more obvious, right? Like if armies move through vampire-infested lands, they just suffer attrition. I'm guessing, as you know, vampires eat them or whatever. But uh, the 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 way they handle it is kind of hit and miss. Uh, it makes sense for the Skaven, but you have to basically spread it in order for it to even be worth it. Whereas when you look at like chaos you can just basically passively sit there and corrupt everyone around you and start more or less causing riots in cities that you're nowhere even near just by spreading chaos that sounds like fun I it is fun guys yeah uh, i mean super it, confusing i'm so bad at real life strategy games <laughs> lots of um lots of dlc some are better than others it's kind of confusing what you're buying with what pack and things like that as well 
Um, but there's a mod that just basically unlocks everything. Um, so if you want to give that a shot, and just it's kind of like a demo version of it because you don't get the unique quests and weapons and heroes. You just kind of get to play as the faction uh, since that's already in the game code. Um, and I guess they don't care that that mod unlocks it. So if you just really want to see what wood elves play like before buying the, the pack, you can. Okay. So, okay, they, they've got that option like available to you, which is, which is nice. Um, Glitch, what have you been playing? Oh, a uh, whole lot of Red Dead Redemption 2, but we've already talked way too much about that. Um, other than that, uh, I picked up a Shantae Half Genie Hero. Ooh, nice. Um, the... I always get these mixed up. Is that that's the latest one? Hey, with the not sprite, like with the not pixel graphics. Yeah, it's it's kind of a. I mean, it's more of an anime style. Like the vector um, art, yeah. Yeah, vector art, high def, um, as opposed to yeah, the yeah, like the the I forget the previous one, the one that came before it. Uh, Pirates Curse. Three of them. There's Shantae, like that, yeah. Shantae and the Pirates Curse, Shantae and. Fuck, what's the second one called? <laughs> Shantae and fuck all. I don't know. <laughs> Shantae and fuck. I would. I would. Definitely play that. I can do not search that on the internet. <laughs> uh, Risky's Revenge. Pirate that's Queen's... it. Risky's Revenge. That's it. Yeah. Pirate's that Ghost the... is still my favorite. I reckon. Yeah, that was the the uh, um, um, DSI one, wasn't it? Yeah, DSIware. Yeah. That's, that's actually why that's... all the dungeons have the exact same like background setting. It's really short. Yep. That's where I got into the series. I never played the Game Boy Advance one because it's two thousand dollars. To... <laughs> Oh, it's fucking on everything, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, you can, it's you like can, ten bucks on PC. So. Yeah, you can emulate it and all that stuff. Wait, no, the Game Boy Advance one got cancelled. It never came out. Oh, sorry, the Game Boy Color. Oh, yeah, I played that on fucking yeah emulator. Uh, yeah. It's not good. Don't bother. <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> um, so, what are you enjoying about Half Half Genie Hero? Half Genie Hero. So uh, it, uh, uh, I mean, in, in terms of a uh, just a straight, fun, just kind of lighthearted um, platformer, you know, run and get, run and jump platformer, it pretty <coughs> much uh, knocks that out of the park. Uh, it's a beautiful game, great music. Um, uh, her. You know, a little transformative. You know, her her, her basically her her move set is to some different types of uh, creatures. Uh, uh, the little genie dances. Right, she does her little genie dances, uh, and you know, depending on what, uh, it, it's it's essentially a, a Metroid style uh, game where you know, in additional levels and additional areas within levels are unlocked by gaining dances, which which allow you to transform into different types of critters. Um, so, I haven't touched any of the DLC for that yet, have you? Uh, not yet. I haven't finished the, like uh, the story. Risky's campaign and everything. Been meaning to try that. Yeah, uh, I haven't finished the story yet. I don't think I've got much left. Probably another few hours. That took my sweet time. That's good. Yeah. I don't feel like we take our time with games anymore. Um, like I just, I just had to rush through them in a few days. Unless mm-hmm. they're like JRPGs, in which case they occupy my time for months on end. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, yeah. It like it's, it's, it's a fun. game. Well, I mean, the, the the Shantae series in general generally encourages you to blaze through it as quickly as possible because there's usually um, different, uh, um, well, Metroidy style endings for your character depending on how long it took you takes you to to uh, complete the campaign. Um, I'm gonna get I the. Think about how much like those developers are obsessed with dancing because like. Shantae has, like, the dancing is the main mechanic in it, right? To transform, you do your teleport dance, your heel dance, and all that shit. And then, because wasn't it dudes from that that split off and made Yacht Club and did Shovel Knight? And those games always have really elaborate dance sequences in them. Well, the only thing I can remember in Shovel Knight is when you're in the um, uh, the basement of that uh, um, inn thing, and, uh, like, a barmaid does a, an elaborate dance. Yeah, she does a dance. The Truffle King, the big like fish apple dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that huge elaborate dance. Then in the um, Plague Knight one, the whole climax of the game is learning to dance. Then in the um, fuck is the other one, the Shadow Knight or Spectre Knight? Yeah, Spectre Knight. He has a whole thing where after you reunite the skeletons, there's like a minute long dance sequence between them. Like they're fucking obsessed with dances. I mean, dancing is it should be a feature of more video games. Oh, I, in the Plague Knight one, where, in, when you hold down, he just starts dancing. Like, you get that as an ability that you unlock in the game. That sounds adorable. Does you it like, serve any, like, gameplay purpose? Itself. No, it, but it's, like, the climax of the, like, the basis of the plot climax is his, like, learning to dance. <laughs> And this helps him defeat monsters, how? <laughs> no, because the whole point of Spectre Knight is he's trying to make this potion which will make this girl that he has a crush on like him. Huh. Like, to, to like, impress her and everything. And at the end, she doesn't, she's already had a crush on him anyway. And, like, it's the, like, fact that they can dance together. Like, it's super cute. Like, that game's weirdly adorable. Hmm. I wish I had more to say about that other than, huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, what have you been playing? I've been playing Omen Sight on the Switch. Have any of you heard of that? I have not. But now a whole bunch of people will have heard of it, <laughs> with you mentioning it. Have you ever played a game and you're just like, it's so fucking clever? Like, just the core idea of it? Like, okay, so basically it's a beat-em-up, right? Like a kind of almost character action-y, like, God of War, kind of. Um, but it's an indie game, so there's only actually four levels in the game, which would be really short normally. But um, what they do is, basically, the plot of the game is you're this, like, god thing trying to solve a murder because this priestess got murdered and unlocked a giant beast that destroys the world. So you go back in time to the beginning of the last day the uh, like kind of like Majora's Mask style and you live out that last day with a specific character and then the world ends and you go back and do it again but every time you go back you go back and do it with a different character and so like they'll you'll go through the same levels but with a different character on like a different side of this war so like you go back and do this level with like this cat lady who's like a general in an army fighting these rat people and so you go and like fight all the rat people and all that kind of stuff and then you go back and do the day again but with the rat people's leader so seeing the same level but from a different perspective and 
as you go on, you learn more information, which then you can use to tell the characters more information to make them do different things in the levels and get more information again. So it's essentially just replaying the same four levels again and again, but narratively and like mechanically, it does enough to make that feel fresh and interesting every time. So it's kind of like the love child of Nier Automata and the Sexy Brutale? I haven't played the Sexy Brutale, so I'm going to say with no context, yes, exactly that. <laughs> or, the, or that one Star Trek Next Generation episode where they accidentally keep running into uh, Kelsey Grammer's starship and blowing up, and then they get stuck yeah. in a time loop. Kind yeah, of like so that, yes. The Sexy Brutale is a, is a murder mystery game where you are trying to like save people from getting murdered, and you keep rewinding time to figure out how these people died. Um, but it's more of a puzzle game. And this sounds like it incorporates that kind of element without sort of the yeah, very much like that features. actually. Okay, um, it's really fun, really clever. The writing's great. The art style is like this very like um simple, cartoony. Everyone's a furry like art style, and it looks amazing. Don't get it on the Switch though. Like I'm pretty sure it's on Steam as well. Get it on that because the Switch version does not run well. Like frame rate issues loading times are really long the resolutions like it's the first time i've played on the switch where like noticeably like wow this is really low resolution and like it's got some issues but a really great core game i just wish just wish listed it on steam so <laughs> all right and it has uh, what every one of these games need which is you get witch time when you do a perfect dodge and go into slow mode which like basically i feel like every beat em up should have at this point I agree, and I say that as somebody who doesn't like particularly care for Bayonetta. I I really like that feature of Bayonetta. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that's uh, one thing that Bayonetta really nailed or knocked out of the park uh, in terms of gameplay. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like I want to play whenever I play Fire Bayonetta. I want to play it like I'd play near and that's not how bayonet is meant to be played so i just get frustrated um <laughs> but you know it is what it is Wait, um, how do you play it like you play Nia? uh i want to basically just use the guns all the time oh god wow yeah that's which is not that's what the, the game is set up to do at all yeah, yeah that is also really dependent on you doing the combos the way it wants you to do the combos in a way I don't know if that makes sense. Like the, it, it, the timing on some of them, the frame windows are way too narrow. For yeah, some exactly. It, it, like Devil May Cry always has that. What do they call that thing in Devil May Cry where you can chain your combos, even if you like don't do the exact correct follow up? Whereas Bayonetta, it feels very like you have to do exactly what it wants you to. Yeah, if you don't pull a combo off properly in Bayonetta, it just sort of stops. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in like there, there's like always like it seems like. Devil May Cry and some of those other games give you a little bit of like okay thing where like if you you pull a combo off perfectly you do one combo you don't do it perfectly you do a different combo yeah but you, you, you still you still you still do, do something, something though <laughs> like in Bayonet it's like okay well hey, I'll you just guys say this but Bayonet is the best game ever made so fuck uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right um, what I did actually play I didn't actually play Bayonetta over the winter break what I did Holy play shit. was this. Um, I actually played a little bit of it back in December, but I haven't picked it up since then. Well, Bayonetta 2 is a Christmas game. Okay. Um, well, I'll get around to it once I beat the first Bayonetta. Um, 
Then uh, what I did actually play over the winter break was um, this puzzle platformer called, I want to say Greece, G-R-I-S. Like I want to say it like I want to say all all French like like oh gris, but I don't think they want me to pronounce it like the French word gray. Um, so I could call it gris or grease, or if you guys have any other ideas of how, about how I should pronounce it, then you can correct me. Um, so it's a really, that developer, well, how would you say it in uh, Spanish? Is there a Spanish developer? Um, I don't I think know Spanish for something though. I think G R I S stands for something, right? Because isn't it at least when I've seen it, it's been all caps. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So like, I, Guar then. Okay. I mean, we could we could. Guar can... like the heavy metal band. Yep. Okay. Cool. The game's called Guar now. It's about, <laughs> like, fuck. What are they like? Lose a barbarian space pirates. Um, I mean, I can. I think it's pronounced. Greece. It's pronounced Greece according <laughs> to Google Translate. So. <laughs> If they're Spanish, it's gris, which means gray, like it does in French. But in French, it's gris. Anyway, um, so it's a really beautiful puzzle platformer, which has got the sort of, um, it's like Maybe a... Maybe the best looking game I've ever played. Yeah, it's like, imagine somebody did a bunch of, like, I wouldn't say ballpoint pen, but like ink pen drawings, and then watercolored them and animated it very beautifully. That's what it looks like. Um and like as far as gameplay goes, it's it's pretty good. Um, it gets a little obtuse at times, but it keeps you go through I think four segments, and each time it adds a new mechanic. Like um, one mechanic, it adds it gives you a double jump, and it gives you uh, the ability to make yourself super heavy. At another point, it gives you um, okay. You need to go back on the super heavy thing because that's one of the most hilarious animations where she turns into a giant cement block with, like, little feet and a head sticking out the top, but it's, like, this beautiful, gorgeous animation of her awkwardly walking as this giant block, and it's hilarious. <laughs> that is true. That's... it. I did, I did enjoy the first time I saw that. Um, so, yeah, you go... You kind of go through these... I don't want to say it's, like, a Metroidvania, but you kind of go through these... Um, these puzzle platformer, very large levels and these very lush, well-drawn environments. It's even one level where you swim a lot. So if you don't like underwater levels, um, a quarter of this game is not for you. But they they did a pretty good job with it. This is such a Merv game. If there's ever been a Merv game, <laughs> I'm just looking at this. This um, is like one I'll never even try, and it looks like it was designed for you. It was my 10th favorite game of 2018. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It actually knocked... So, what the official list that I put up on the avocado, uh, I put that up at the, like near the start of December, and then I finished two more games. So, that list didn't change except for Forgotten Anne, which is now my number 12 spot. My number 11 spot go, is given to uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory, and the number 10 spot goes to Greece. Hmm. Um, actually, by the way, I finished that Digimon story game on December 31st. Like I started back <laughs> in late January and I finished it in the afternoon on December 31st. So I One spent thing I'll say about over 11 months on that game. How are we saying it? Green? Greece? Greece. Greece. Yeah. Greece. One thing we'll say about Gristle. Um, <laughs> what are you playing it on? I played it on, on Switch. Switch. Did you try it on handheld? I only played it in handheld mode. I never even 
put it. I never even docked like, it. I started trying to play it because I haven't beaten it yet. I just got up to like I you know the bit where you're in the desert and it blows and you like have to do the heavy thing. I just got past that bit. Um, but when I was playing it on handheld, I couldn't fucking see anything because the camera zooms out really far. Yeah. So it's hard to see shit on a very small screen. Like playing it on TV was fine. Playing it on a handheld, it's just like I couldn't actually do, like play it properly on the handheld because the camera zooms out too much to show like this aesthetic minimalism design that it uses, and like, which is gorgeous, but fucking not great on a handheld. Yeah, I had that same problem with the missing on Switch that the camera would zoom out too far for handheld mode. But I was too lazy. I I normally played my Switch in bed before going to sleep. Um, so I was too lazy to like, get up and then go to the TV and put it in there and play. So I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll put up with it. In fact, I think I think I finished Greece in a hotel room. So I, like, I didn't have my Switch dock with me uh, yeah. at that time. I got that problem with the uh, version of Smash Brothers, or Smash Brothers Ultimate for the Switch, when you're playing that undocked and there's eight zillion different characters on the I screen at once. I have that fucking problem playing it on the TV. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, by the way, I lied. It was... Chaotic. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I lied. It was the missing that I finished in a hotel room. Greece, I finished at home. Anyway, uh, yeah. Super well, Smash I don't Bros. know that we can trust anything else you say at the end of the day. <laughs> I don't even lie. know if your name really is Merv. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not Merv. Because... Merv, your house of cards is crashing down around you now. So, <laughs> speak, this actually re- relates to video games tangentially. Um, so, around the time that I first got my Steam account, I started getting these messages in Turkish from, like, thirsty dudes on Steam. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I looked it up and I realized that Merv is a Turkish girl's name. Uh. so like thirsty Turkish dudes on the scene were just hit, trying to hit on me um, but like so nobody you were just else getting whatever the, the, the Turkish equivalent of ASL yeah pretty much <laughs> that's, that's what was happening and it still happens like every five or six months some random some random Turkish dude will try to add me as a friend on Steam that's amazing yeah but it's like Merv is not like a name in any other language so it's only Turks um, get them to buy your shit off your wish list. Pardon me? Get them to buy you stuff off your wish list. Yeah, milk it. Oh, I I should. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, um, catfish those motherfuckers. <laughs> oh god, that's that's so cruel, but that's so so many possibilities. Um, so if you're a if you speak Turkish and you would like to buy me Parkitect. <laughs> Or Valkyria Chronicles 4, I would greatly appreciate it. I swear that I am a hot Turkish single. Um, all right, so that's what we've been playing. That's what we played over the holidays. Um, so, moving on. Right now, AGDQ, Awesome Games Done Quick 2019 is happening. Um we're just going to mention briefly what's been going on with that. Uh, every year, it's an annual speedrunning charity marathon. It's a week long. raises money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation, so it's a great cause. Um, have you guys been tuning in at all or watching any of the, the archived oh, runs? Yeah, I watch some of the archived runs. That's kind of usually how I watch it. For something yeah, about it. Yeah, I watch YouTube like, after they upload. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think Hiro he just... put the Mega Man block up. Pardon me, what about the Mega Man block? Fucking hurry up and put it up on YouTube. I want to watch the Mega Man DOS run. Yo, okay, go oh. to... Go to reddit.com slash speedrun. They have all the VODs with the timestamps for the Twitch archive. Oh, cool. So, um, you can well, watch those. I'm going to cancel this podcast then. Bye. <laughs> Alright, fuck off, Ben. See you later. <laughs> um, yeah, so the... I've only watched a couple because I spent four hours watching the Nier Automata speedrun, which was pretty entertaining. Um, it's actually a game that's pretty fun to watch speedrun because they don't they break it just enough that you that they're actually exploiting glitches, but not so much that you can't understand what's going on. Uh, it's not like watching a portal run, which like what the hell's going on anytime you see one of those. Yeah. Uh, so that was a fun one. They did they did like all the way to ending e so they played the entire game which is nuts it's a real marathon um another one which i watched they actually spoiler alert managed to set the world record here it was a co-op n plus plus run um for those of you who don't know n plus plus is this is one of the original masocore platformers it's very minimalist, uh, has this really cool movement where you can stick to a wall and kind of slide down it, and walls essentially become platforms. So it did that before Super Meat Boy did. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's a... Just want to point out, there was Massacre before there was N. Yeah. Because N was originally true. a fucking Newgrounds Flash game. Yeah, way back know. in the day. Um, oh, what was the original one, though? Um, the dude that made Celeste... Um, his like old old games, well, like the original Massacre ones, they're fucking exactly what Super Meat Boy rips off. You look at his old games, and you play as like this red square dude. It's like, wow, I can see where Meat Boy came from. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's, it's a relatively old genre. I'd say N was sort of kind of the one that brought Actually, it to the mainstream. The probably the earliest ones would be the Keizo Mario hacks. Wouldn't yeah, Keizo Mario hacks probably like. Where it came from, but didn't have like that, um, that that common feature of you know quick death, quick reload kind of thing, yeah. uh, which is why N kind of became so so popular because you die and just also, get right back into right away. Released on everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it began life as a browser game, then a free flash download. I think I still have the free version lying somewhere on my. I have it on my hard drive. Like three sixty somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I actually made custom levels for the. I used to make custom levels for the original N, but now they have the paid N plus plus version. Anyway, uh, so they did this super. They have co op levels for N plus plus now, and uh, they're super neat and also super difficult. And uh, speed runs are the most insane thing in the world to me. Yeah, like so having they, two people that can both perform at that level in sync with each other, like it's just that's fucking crazy. Not only that, they set the world record at AGDQ. So, um, good for congrats to I think it was, their names are A and D four H and Crank Dude. Yeah, those guys. Congrats to them. Um, any other runs you guys checked out that were cool? Have you guys watched the Sonic One run? No. What's that all about? That dude might be my favorite runner that I've ever seen. He's like got this really thick like chicago accent he's telling you know how they always have like the oh this is really hard like can i have some quiet time and everything he's like 
no, if I'm doing something really hard, get really fucking loud for me. <laughs> and then he's doing shit that he's literally the only person on Earth other than Tazbot that can do. The only one I saw was one that I can't believe they even tried was a Divinity Original Sin 2 run that the oh, guy quit. No. Oh, yeah. I remember what happened. Basically, what the guy needs needed a single item oh, it was a to barrel. progress to the end. Yeah, like yeah. a poison gas barrel. Yeah. And he ran out of them, uh, and he didn't have a safety save, so he had yeah. to abandon the run, which oh, is unfortunate. I, I feel bad for it, but I mean, that's, I don't know. Like, I guess the thing in speedrunning is any game can be speed ran i guess you know what i mean but it just seems so like antithetical to everything well, that divinity is about to be I like did, the one i did tune into for a little bit was the nine and a half fucking hour final fantasy nine run yeah exactly. jesus christ so i guess quick is a relative uh... yeah so do they exactly. do they, like tag team I... on it so that people can like urinate I... <laughs> one thing yeah. i didn't see but i was desperate to know how they did does he have disc-changing tech that he has to do? Like, how quickly does he get up to change the discs out? Oh, that's in... Yeah, uh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, do they I'm run sure. this on original hardware? Do some of them do. In some cases, yeah. I, I think emulation's been the last couple ones. They've had emulation at last couple, as long as it doesn't change the game, right? Yeah, I mean, there sometimes if an emulator changes a little bit, it becomes a different category. Yeah, it's like just a separate category. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I've seen a few times. They slice these categories pretty thinly, um, and they get super specific about which glitches so you can and can't about exploit. It, fucking Final Fantasy IX's been re-released a bunch, hasn't it? He could have been playing. Actually, no, because this definitely wasn't a HD version. <laughs> this was like fucking pixelated as all shit. So, would have been the original, I guess. Man, I'm gonna have to go watch the VOD for that. See how he changes discs. Yeah, what the the uh, Divinity One Two was also kind of just I don't know. I mean. I, I, it sucks the guy had to quit. I mean, I wish he would have completed it and all, but like, it's just not everything. I think meets that definition of a game that needs to be speed run. That game is very. I mean, if you're only doing the core quests and not doing all the stuff with companions, you're probably picking up just the minimum of stuff. I, it's just why you know it's not. I guess because you can, but yeah, feels like, like I think the like fact that a game is less speed runnable makes people want to speed run it more. Like, oh, you can't speed run this game fucking watch <laughs> but there's so many variables i guess is what i'm getting at you know what i mean like in mario or like classic platformers it's like okay if i hit this jump perfectly it gives me an extra tenth of a second whereas in you know like a, an rpg it's like well a hundred percent but i play triple triad you know what I mean? <laughs> or like stuff <laughs> like that like it, it's just i don't know like there's Did always so many watch the final fantasy 7 run i think it was uh-uh. where it's like about counting how many steps you do to manipulate the random battles mm. like I, that no. shit blows my like they were counting exactly how many steps like cloud would take in the like levels to make sure the random battles happened when they wanted them to and everything that's yeah. some fucking weird shit but i'm glad somebody's figured it out <laughs> it was still like a five hour six hour run or something like fuck I just don't know how people spend that much time doing that shit. Like, I, I could never... Um, I'd never have the patience. I mean, I'd also have to wear a diaper if I had to do some of these. <laughs> ones, you know. um, awesome games done with a catheter. Yeah. And, and one of those poop receptacles? I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I think they're called toilets. 
<laughs> That's they, the, why do you need the catheter? Okay, I think we're think, we're overthinking this. Just got a hole in the bottom of the chair and put a bucket underneath it. <laughs> that's, awesome what, that's what you can only ever see the top the half of the of the runner, right? You guys you are, never you see guys their are legs. Exploit, about to exploit a market I didn't even think about. Now we need to start thinking about speedrunner toilets, toilet chairs. <laughs> Dude, there's money to be made here, boys. <laughs> oh God, uh, I, I really don't want to to make money that way. <laughs> um, speaking of money, um, Bungie and Activision split, and it probably had something to do with money. Oh boy. Well, they, okay, I shouldn't say that they split because Activision never owned Bungie, but Bungie and Activision ended their 10-year Publishing partnership. partnership, yeah. Yeah, two years early. Yep. That's, so, I think, the biggest part of the story, if I had to say what I think personally is the biggest part of the story, is it's all bad news for Activision. Now, there's a lot of people who are saying, this is probably actually because Activision didn't want Bungie around because they think it's a, it's a sinking ship, but I think they could keep, think that and not get rid of them two years early do you know what i mean like i don't know I, just in my opinion i'm guessing what happened here is bungie wanted the independence and was willing to pay a lot of money i'm guessing to get out of that contract two years early right to i mean fair we don't it was just like sold to the press as a 10-year partnership we don't exactly know what the terms were or what penalties there would be so it might be like an eight-year or nine-year partnership, and they're just rounding up. Sure, but I mean, but then, uh, that's kind of weird, right? I mean, like, yeah, it's a weird yeah. thing to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I would say it's probably more the more what we think it is that they're actually getting out of this two years early. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, not knowing the terms or whatever, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess my my main thing thinking about all these things is it's. It's all on Bungie now. All the excuses, all the stuff that they've said or done, you know, okay, there's been a, always this thing in the background of, of all the fans of Destiny that's, well, this is what, what they're making them do. I'd say the number one thing that I think everybody agrees on is Activision has been behind the current content releases that I would say have probably divided the Destiny community the most, right? So is Destiny uh, 2 actually doing, like, I don't, I haven't followed Destiny that much, but is Destiny well, 2 actually doing well, like? financially yeah or... it was one of the biggest selling the the expansion forsaken was the biggest gaming the biggest selling game of september they don't announce because it's classified as dlc, it's DLC but yeah, yeah yeah exactly so, so well, it's not essentially like he's been fucking tanking and activision like let's no get the it's fuck out doing decently well it's just activision thinks it could potentially activision or activision. do better but yeah, it's activision because exactly. they're a major yeah. publisher they don't understand how video game sales work they just activision see video games as money pumps fucking insane. right right like to, to them it's call of duty and then everything else right like everything else is bound to disappoint when you put it up against that juggernaut right call of duty i think this year made more money than mcu to put it in perspective that's a lot of fucking money right yeah um so that's so activision's <laughs> But, 2018. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the year that Avengers came out and Black Panther. And yes, yeah, yes. And made a fuckload of money. Yes. And Ant Man <laughs> and the Wasp. And Black Panther is one of the best selling um, movies of all time. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, you can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Black Panther made Avengers. Fucking pay attention to 
it might be like the Call of Duty series made more this year, but I mean that's really only one game this year, you know. But yeah, check yeah. it out. It, it it makes it makes shitloads of money, and that makes Activision say, well, why can't Destiny make shitloads of money? And there's been a lot of stuff that slowly crept into Destiny, like the microtransactions were always going to be there. They're cosmetic; nobody has a problem with that. But the idea when the microtransactions really came in was that was going to be what was going to fund seasonal events, right? So seasonal events were going to get bigger and better, and that's how we were going to basically bankroll them. Uh, and that slowly kind of started to fade away as the seasonal events kind of got less and less and destiny got more on a very specific release cycle, which was basically two small shitty expansions. Um, and then one huge, great game changing expansion. So in this case, it was curse of Osiris, which sucked. Nobody liked it, hated it. Warmind, which brought some cool stuff and, and kind of more lore focused and friendly in that way. And then forsaken, which basically blew everybody's brains with how great it was, um, which is similar to what the destiny one progression was Two crappy expansions. And then taken King did the exact same thing, blew everybody's mind. So that type of content model, I guess everybody's always said that's Activision. They want, they want to sell the season pass two small things. One big thing. You got to get it for the big thing. Basically. Um, what I think most Destiny folks and are, are thinking about and hoping is that where we go from here is going to be maybe a more traditional MMO model, right? Where there's not going to be a Destiny 3. You're just going to play Destiny, right? And it's going to be maybe subscription, maybe not, but you're playing a game that you log in. It's getting constant updates. Well, that's now, what everyone thought Destiny was going to be originally, yeah, didn't they? exactly. And so... They say, like, we're going to support this game for 10 years, and they're like, and by yes. support it, we mean sequels. Yeah, and uh, but but they said ten years of support, not ten years of sequels. So that's kind of an important distinction. But that's then Activision got involved. So a lot of the community thinks, okay, good, we're we're reaching what we've always wanted, which is a which is a persistent online model where you can drop in and out, maybe maybe subscription based, maybe not, but you're not fragmenting the player base like you do now. Where if you don't have Forsaken, good luck because you can't play with what ninety percent of the community is doing right now, right? Which is why they do stuff like give the base game away for free and only charge thirty bucks for Forsaken right now. Um, yeah, I, I was wondering uh, about. Oh, yeah, that. I missed out on that. Yeah, I, I didn't, but I still haven't installed the thing yet. I'm I'm looking at my copy of Battle.net and uh, <laughs> Destiny Two is just waiting for an install. Yeah, does. And I think <laughs> I, I've so logged it makes into Battle.net since I played the Destiny Two demo. <laughs> so. I think it's it's good news and bad news. I think for the fan, the average person, is Bungie's going to lose the whipping boy. They're not going to have old Activision to kick around anymore, right? To paraphrase, you know, tricky. <laughs> but yeah, the, you thing, can't blame a big publisher anymore if they're self-publishing. Right. I mean, right now it's still on Battle.net, so they can kind of blame a few things on Activision. But once they're they're completely extricated from it, then... Yeah, it's which, all which, Bungie. Truthfully, we probably won't see till the end of this year, which is yeah. kind of when the current roadmap of releases and stuff kind of ends. But Bungie's been doing a lot of like inconsistent stuff with how they'd been in the past, the past couple of months. I don't know if you guys heard about this big puzzle that they rolled out this week. I don't know if you've been reading about it. Um, I remember you trying to get people to help you solve it, and it involved trees. Yeah, so they like rolled out this giant like level of puzzle. And basically challenged all the Destiny streamers and community and stuff to figure it out. Um, and it was hard, like really hard. And like they didn't finish it. So Bungie just said, never mind. We're just going to release the content that we plan to release as if you guys finished it. But we're still <laughs> going to leave it in game so you guys can try to finish it. 
Um, apparently there was some kind of bug with a line of the code that they didn't get a hint that they were supposed to get, but it was still solvable without the hint that they got. But um, really, really intriguing multi-step puzzle involving weird things. And if you failed, you started back at the beginning and um, lots so it's of kind of like the secret world almost. Almost. So what happened is there's these forges in games that are how the best weapons ever get created. And the last forge was hidden from us because it was the grave of a girl who died and was turned into a robot who knows basically humanity's all the secrets of humanity's ever had in making weapons. Uh, Like the minds of the greatest smiths from like Norse mythology to Japanese samurais to French monarchs to like just all kinds of stuff. So to those really cool slingshots you used to get when they were like made out of (laughs) surgical tubing, those things are so cool. (laughs) So, so we're trying to unlock basically her greatest achievement and the way it's like in layers and layers and layers of complicated symbols and things to do and shoot and figure out what shoots, what with what element while you're standing where and stuff like that. It was a really interesting community event but i i think what happened is that most people were like okay this is a streamer thing you know like not like a me and you can go jump in and the streamers kind of some of them did something i really don't like where they made their chat subs only kind of made it more of a like look at me thing where others were like trying to get the community involved and, and get everybody involved but eventually they just all kind of quit um so Bungie released the content that they were going to release anyway and then i think just today streamer a streamer beat it uh, which means that it was it like all the raids in Destiny combined were beat faster than this puzzle was to put that in perspective. So um, yeah, it's kind of kind of took them a while. But so this is different from the kind of content that they've been releasing for Destiny. 2 yeah, previously. exactly. And so that's why I was getting. I, I feel like they're trying new stuff, and I think it's it the the writing's been on the wall for a while with what Forsaken has, and that's taken the story back, doing cool things with it, um, and making it kind of their own series. And less about what do we have to hold back to 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 have these kind of like releases be the the kind of shit that moves units, if that makes sense. Which is a lot of what people who have been leaving Blizzard have been saying about Activision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of the stuff that they've been saying is like, look, they want a WoW expansion every year, ready or not. Here it comes, you know. Um, and you know they don't like how StarCraft was giving away these things, so they started making announcer packs and emote packs and all these other things that really make no sense in a StarCraft game, you know. Um, so yeah, it sort of makes like I understand it from like the esports perspective, but beyond that, like for the average player, it's useless, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like there, there's packs that you can buy for StarCraft that changes the cosmetics of your unit you know but but why you know <laughs> like it's very like the cosmetics of that game just aren't as important as they are in other games you know so i, I don't know but anyway I, I feel like this is kind of a weird thing because for a while activision's always been kind of in the background as, as the shitty publisher list you know like you've always kind of had you know ea and U, ub and like all these other games game <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah but you know, it's it's it just seems like all at once they crept up this year to kind of take the title. I think in a lot of people's eyes, of like, you know, you're out there ruining what developers want to do with games for money in a, in a very transparent way. Really being in the, I thought they were pretty much always at the forefront. They're fucking Bobby Kotick. Remember they right. fucking um, Guitar Hero, that whole thing. That was all them. Yeah, like, but then then like EA, it's been EA for 
five years so, now? I think the Activision has always been kind of quietly, I mean, oh, quietly shitty. Like they've been <laughs> extremely shitty. They've just their their shittiness is is less broadcast for whatever reason. Right. Um, yeah. But with I think um, probably because they're just sort of a perennial also ran to to EA. Just, yeah. Or I also like, think it's probably like they don't have as many like franchises that people care about as much. Right. Like they have Call of Duty, which is a big thing, but it's not like a big thing in like the kind of circles that get shitty at publishers, you know. It's more yeah, like it's a not like a, it's not like, like a big thing in, in like video game discourse. Right, like, right. They have like they have Skylanders games, they mostly and... kept like Blizzard like like they didn't interfere that much with Blizzard it was what was seen to be happening, even if God knows if that's what actually happened, which apparently not. But um yeah. and it's only really like since they've started doing Destiny that people have been like Oh yeah, Activision sucked too. That's right. <laughs> that's a very good way to put it. Like, oh yeah, that's right. We remembered they suck all over again. Because remember, like Blizzard was. I mean, I think a lot of it. So, I think a lot of it is how, how like beloved Blizzard has been forever. You know, and what, is a company what I'm that's guessing gone is from my favorite video game developer to I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, well, here, here's what's going on: is that play games. I mean, they haven't made like a like a traditional strategy game in however long. Um, like the the thing that's that's gone on with Blizzard is that I'm guessing, um, you know, there's been tension between Blizzard and the Activision higher ups for a while, or, or so the rumor goes. And Mike Morhaim, uh, the co-founder and president, stepped down late last year. So I'm guess I'm guessing probably over tensions with with Activision or you know wanting to move on to something else, and you know sensing that Morhaim was on the way out. Now that now um, Activision has been able to be a little more um, pushy with Blizzard and kind of change them into the money-making machine they want Blizzard to be. I think it's a probably very realistic look with with what happened with with what's going on. I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of money to be made. There's no doubt about it in in the properties and the the games that that these studios tend to put push out, but. There's always somebody saying we can make more, they can do better, you know, and it's it usually comes in some way in affecting the game in in a, in a bad way. So um, that's how we got like the Diablo through real money auction house. Yeah. For oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, literally anybody who's played a video game ever could have told you that was a bad idea. So um, it'll be interesting to see where this goes with Destiny in particular, because I. I in my mind, Bungie's never been a fiercely independent studio, guys. I mean, like, that's kind of scary to be out striking out on your own when you don't like, have big old Microsoft behind you, you know? Or Since they were fucking independent, they put out, like, marathon. 20 years? 20. Yeah. yeah. Because you're developing for the Mac. I mean, yeah. they were technically independent during all this, all during their Destiny time. Um, they just had a publishing deal. That's all Right, right. But I mean, if you think about it, really I mean... Bungie, though, is, like them to put out a game that doesn't feel like halo because even destiny like just the walking around shoot like the very basic mechanic that feels like halo like it feels it like halo with if i could be a little insulting it feels like halo but with worse with like less satisfying gunplay i don't know that's just me but like yeah it, it feels like halo divorced from story there's so much story, I promise you. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, e- even more so than how it was delivered in Halo, it's it's all you know backstory. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's a very it's delivered like, to you as you know walls of text. 
it, it's I it's, like reading like walls a, of text. <laughs> it's like a Dark Souls kind of story right now, but um, but the other thing is, Bungie did get a big cash injection from a little company called NetEase. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Them. So that, that's the same company that's co-developing Diablo Immortal, by the way. Yeah, and they've dumped a lot of money in a lot of weird places. Um, so a lot of people are assuming, hey, okay, we're going to see some kind of Destiny mobile, whatever. But also, it's, it just seems like they're the kind of company that's just been throwing cash around in a lot of weird ways. Um, so, I mean, we might see some kind of mobile spinoff, but who knows? It might just be a cash injection just to, you know, translate, to be to be allowed to be the chi- official Chinese distributor of Destiny and Destiny 3 or whatever. So nobody really knows what that money's been for. Um, but, yeah. Okay, but yes. really, I just want them to make a sequel to Oni. Did anyone actually play that? I love that game. <laughs> I played I've it. Seen, I've seen a bit of it being played, but I, I haven't played more than like five minutes of it because uh, the first time I played it, I'd never really wastied before, so I didn't yeah. know how to control a character with a keyboard and a mouse at the same time. I was really also, young when it's Oni not came out. actually that good, but I really like it, <laughs> but it's not good. It's, yeah. It's, it's been um, so long. Uh, it's a third-person shooter beat 'em up made before video games had figured out how, like in that PS2 era when they couldn't really make very good third-person shooters, and Devil May Cry hadn't come out yet, so they couldn't make good beat 'em ups either. So it's like the worst versions of those. Oh, so it's like Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I don't think you have to walk a blood tightrope in Noni though. That's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what, is, what I'll say about the, the Bungie Activision split, just as a summary, is I think it's kind of, at least in the short and medium term, I, it's good for Destiny players. They're going to get the meaty content and these puzzles and, and things like that that Cabo is discussing and less of the microtransaction-y nonsense. Um, in the long term, there are, there are some worries. Not all Destiny mistakes were due to Activision. Bungie has made some developments of their own and um there's possibly less funds to go around for future development but you know NetEase might bail them out with more and more cash so we'll see all right moving on to our favorite segment the best podcast segment back <laughs> up the demand. project sonic watch 2019 uh, <laughs> all right uh have fun guys <laughs> Cat <laughs> was just leaving the podcast forever. Uh, we're only going to talk about this for a couple of minutes. I just wanted to mention there's a new Sonic film coming out this year on the eighth of November. So excited for this movie! Ugh. Like it looks fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be so awful, but I'm so glad it's getting made because Jim Carrey is Doctor Eggman. <laughs> Why? What the. F- Fuck, Danny DeVito is a person that exists. They realize this, right? <laughs> Wait, is is Jaleel White playing Sonic or is it somebody else? No, it's um the fucking dude. Did you guys watch uh, Parks and Recreation? Yes. Um. Oh fuck! It's what's ben his name? Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz from Parks and Recreation. Oh, okay, John Ralphio. Yeah, yeah. John Ralphio Sonic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's great. Um, I think the only thing I, I want to mention is the poster. Which is just a picture of Sonic's legs, and they're it's, it's weirdly human and furry. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. super shredded. He's like a really muscly baby. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a. It looks like fucking uh, like 
beast almost. That's what it looks like. Like the blue muscular legs. It's He's fucking a... beast. He's an X Man. It also kind of lines up, like, I guess his trail. I don't know what that's supposed to be, but it kind of lines it up in a weird spot. It almost looks like he's peeing on the bridge, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's totally Sonic semen. That's what that yeah. is. <laughs> the fans really of, of Sonic. Like, I'm trying to actually bring it off on my computer to. I've only seen it because I think Murm leaked it in earlier. Uh, leak it. It's, it's, yeah, he's it's no linked up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like his legs, Link, sorry. like yeah. that that doesn't fucking line up to a torso. Like <laughs> his right leg is way too far over. That's not how legs work. Yeah. Oh no, like, he's just he's just like super wide and has really thin legs. That's what yeah. It is. It's, it's, that that's not how legs work. Oh, also, fucking Cyclops is in it as Sonic's best friend, who's a cop. Why is Sonic? Why is Sonic best friends with a cop? Are they? I thought Sonic was supposed to be woke. Come on. <laughs> there's, I see. If so they're many... humans, there's lots. Like, I mean, isn't this? Ha, does Sonic have any real world connections at all? Is there like a? Oh, Sonic he made fucking... out with a human princess. Yeah. What was that? Sonic two thousand six. <laughs> yeah, Sonic. Yeah, that... Basically, Sonic Adventure fucking changed the whole setting, and he like is on Earth with real humans. And the beginning of that game is a bunch of like SWAT cops show up to try and fucking take oh, out yeah. chaos. Like, so why is he friends with the cops now? Sonic loves cops. He's a pig. <laughs> he, is, he is blue. He's blue and red. It's the real blue lives matter right there. It's everything I've ever thought about Sonic. Because you know, people keep—I I don't think of him as being like a cop lover. Because people keep, based on the online circles I run, and people keep sharing like these, like these woke Sonic memes with me, like Sonic quoting Marx and shit like that. <laughs> I didn't even—I legitimately good didn't. Good Christian boy, have you not seen the art? <laughs> I didn't know that he uh, even interacted with people. I thought he was like animals and stuff, and trying to save the animals from the Sonic mean egg man. People. <laughs> yeah. This Sonic fucks, man. I mean, this Sonic I fucks. Look so. at his fucking legs. He fucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, okay, that's, that's that's a hell of a rabbit hole to go down when it comes to Sonic, but uh I mean, I I personally punched out in the in the By uh, rabbit hole you mean cream hole yeah, because cream too. is the rabbit. Yeah, the, the, Sorry, the that came out holes. really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if you start talking about cream holes, if you're trying to make a rabbit joke, oh god. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> Anyway, enough about cream holes. Um, <laughs> wait, what games has Cream the Rabbit been in? Other than... uh, she, she was in Sonic Advance, she was in Sonic Heroes, she was in Sonic Rush, she was in... I really love Sonic and I know way too much about this. Yeah, I started this playing, is, that's one game this is an intervention, Ben. On my fucking, like, what I played over the break. So Sonic Forces might be the best game ever made. What? What? Sonic Forces best game ever made. You so I got to make my furry Sonic Sona, and then I got a dramatic cutscene about my Sonic Sona's tragic backstory, followed up by Knuckles talking to Vector about how war is hell and no one wins. <laughs> what the hell is this franchise? So, Sonic oh, no, dies uh, in the intro cutscene. Wow. So <laughs> Sonic So it's like Mass Effect 2, is that what this is now? Basically Sonic dies in the intro cutscene, 
Robotnik wins, takes over the world, and you're part of, like, a guerrilla freedom fighting force trying to, like, fight back against, like, this Dr. Robotnik dystopia. With the help of cops. Okay. Wow, so it's it's the Sonic version of the new Wolfenstein game. Sonic <laughs> New Order. It's like Hid- Hideo Kojima yeah, takes over Wolf- Sonic. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> Fucking Hideo Kojima made a Sonic game. I would... I was gonna say I would cream my pants. So as bad shit crazy as the uh, fan art surrounding Sonic is, they still haven't got the actual, you know, canon Sonic storyline beat. <laughs> Sonic canon is always more wild than fucking Sonic fan art. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been away for a long point, time. <laughs> that Sonic from the old Sonic games shows up to like befriend. Punished Tails, who's disappeared for three Punished years. Punished Tails? <laughs> Is that what he's actually called in the game? No, that's just what I'm calling him, because he's like the dark brooding Tails that's <laughs> gone into a huge depression after Sonic's death. Emo oh, Tails. <laughs> Shoegazer okay. Tails. Okay, yeah, this is this is too much for me. Video What's with Australians so liking Sonic Forces? Sonic Forces came out. Sorry? Video games weren't art till Sonic Forces came out. Yeah, it's the Citizen Kane of gaming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Charles Foster Sonic! <laughs> so, like, the dead Sonic is Rose. Okay, you know what? Enough Sonic talk. I can't do this anymore. Guys. No, fuck you! Neil McDonough is in the <laughs> Sonic movie! Neil McDonough is in the Sonic movie? Fucking Apparently. Damien Dark is Sonic? Fucking unable to Dum Dum Dugan is Sonic. Gono. Okay, like good for Neil McDonough. I all, all the all the love and support in the world to him, but dude, dude, dude. That's all I can say. <laughs> Wait, fucking Max from Happy Endings is in this movie. <laughs> What's the guy? Adam Pally? Uh, yeah, Adam Pally. He's in the movie as an undisclosed role. Um, I hope it's like secretly that Ben Schwartz is like the is like plays Sonic and then he dies like it's a plot of Sonic Forces and then Adam Pally voices your Sonic Soda and it's like <laughs> a choose your own adventure Sonic movie it's like Bandersnatch <laughs> okay uh, enough Sonic talk um, let's move on to what the meat of this podcast was supposed to be. Um, which is looking forward to 2019. So on the last episode, which came out at the start of this month, um, this month being January, I don't know if this is actually going to come out in January, um, we discussed games we were looking forward to. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about our predictions for the games industry in 2019. We're going to look inside our crystal balls and make crazy inferences about what we think is going to happen. Did we look so, up our our last year predictions yet, by any chance? Do we make predictions last year? I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm scared. I don't, I don't <laughs> think we made any predictions. I think we just kind right, of... good. Now we got something um, to bring it up next year, though. Yeah, how did we start last year? I don't um, know. Now, I mean, this is, this is being recorded now, so if we fuck up, then our eight listeners will, like, tell us. Yeah, yeah. our asses are on the line now. <laughs> you guys what. had... He's the opposite. You made the same damn predictions you made last year. Probably is going to be the answer, but oh, we did make predictions. We made Australian predictions because there are two Australians on that podcast. Ah, oh, nice. Um, yeah. So 
I don't remember what our predictions were. I'm assuming um, I was one of those Australians, right? I didn't even remember recording the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you you were one of those Australians. You are kind of like a resident Australian, and then we rotate out other Australians. <laughs> um, but like all the Australians seem to like Sonic Forces, which is uh, huh. interesting. Um, That's we have taste. We have claws. <laughs> and kangaroos. Um, wait, can you make a kangaroo, Sona? No, unfortunately. <laughs> It's why we. It's why Knuckles is the best one because he's the Aussie. Yeah, he's the Echidna. Wait, why does he have an American accent then? Because he's actually from fucking Emerald Island. Pay attention. I I thought they were on Earth with cops. Yeah, and giant floating Emerald Islands that the Echidnas live on to guard the Master Emerald. Fuck! It's like you never played Sonic Adventure. They have to guard the Master Emerald, and then Chaos lives inside the Master Emerald, but the Master Emerald got broken, and he killed all the Echidnas, so there's no Echidnas left except for Knuckles. But Knuckles has flashbacks to memories of Tikal, who was the last guardian of the Master Emerald. Where, yeah, Wait, you there are no Echidnas left, so Knuckles can't fuck? <laughs> well, he can fuck, Knuckles he's just fucks. not going to have any kids. Triple dicks. Oh yeah, he does, he does have, Echidnas do have that split penis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like kids. the... Okay, I feel like the podcast has just gotten increasingly vulgar over the past few months. I have no idea why. Um, I remember one prediction I did make last year was that um, ga- like a couple of games would start selling themselves as having no microtransactions. Sorry? Like that would be a sorry, selling sorry. point. Yeah, I remember that My one. wife just had to shout out the kidneys actually have four prongs on their dicks, not three. So we were wrong there. Well, thank you to Ben's wife for correcting us on the number of prongs on an echidna's penis. One shaft, four prongs. One shaft, four prongs. That should be the that should be the episode One title. One shaft, four prongs, all party. <laughs> Versus the Skaven taint. Oh God! <laughs> One fucking shaft, four prongs in the cream hole. <laughs> We can't release this. We can't have people hearing us say these things. We're going to release it anyway. Um, anyway. We're all going to jail. I mean, nobody's going to jail. They're, they're like fictional characters. Who cares? <laughs> they're all adults. It's cool. Um, so... Cream is not. She's like 10. Okay, then anything we just said did not happen. <laughs> We're in so much trouble. Um, so... I remember one prediction that I made last year was that a couple of games would start start selling themselves as having only cosmetic microtransactions uh, or not having microtransactions at all. Um, I think this was sort of borne out in that Anthem sold itself as as having only cosmetic microtransactions, Mm -hmm. but no games ended up selling themselves as having zero microtransactions, um, except for, I guess, Lawbreakers, but that was a 2017 game. it was part of the advertising for Battlefield Five, though, too. So, oh, which, really? Okay, yeah. Which I think has very minimal microtransactions. I haven't played in a while, but I think they're pretty minimal. Okay, so that prediction, I'd say, was like let's say seventy-five percent correct. Uh, I don't remember what other predictions I made because I didn't. One I don't have of, them listed here. Like one out of two games that did it was not a miserable failure and you think one kind of did it and that's 75 <laughs> percent okay I let's say way too fucking generous to yourself man. fine it's 43 percent. how about that 
Fine. Um, it's more correct than Radical Heights. Um, oh, yeah. God, that was 2018, wasn't it? I feel like yeah. that was like 10 years ago. I mean, it had the aesthetics of 20 years ago. 2018 you know, 30 years ago. long fucking year. Hey. 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I was younger at the start of 2018. <laughs> but like a year. <laughs> That's true. I was, I was a year younger. It's so weird how time works like that. Um, so what predictions, uh, since we can't figure out what we actually predicted last year, because I'm looking at our, uh, I'm looking at our predictions for 2018 in, in our link dump, and all it says is content warning, jokes about drug abuse, and then a bunch of links. Um, <laughs> so don't do drugs, kids. Um, what are your predictions, guys, for what's going to happen this year? And this time I'm actually going to write them down. All right, good. Uh, well... Uh, I'm looking at my PSVR, and I'm thinking that thing is going to be a brick by the end of the year. <laughs> no, this is the year of VR. It's got to be. Mean, oh, yeah. This is the year. It's going next to be year. Like, <laughs> is that not already? It's hard <laughs> not to think of a year that it wasn't the year of VR, to be honest with you. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be the death of that particular accessory. I think, I think it's going to get connected. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, because it's, it's come and gone on PC a lot of times now. And I think a lot of people thought Oculus was going to be a lot better <clears> than <throat> it was. <throat> but then I think what happened was a little company called Facebook bought Oculus. And I think you pushed lots and lots of people out the door who might have had any interest in it with the fact that Oculus now has you have to basically have to have a Facebook account that ties into your Oculus account. Like, that's it's just weird to me i have the oculus app on my phone my samsung phone for like viewing samsung gear vr yeah and to even do that you have to log into through facebook it's just weird to me it's like you know why did you have to wall off that garden before the garden even had flowers in it you know well there's a there's a that's a metaphor there's a (laughs) follow-up to the what is the htc vive yeah it's like a, a vive pro or something like that which you know it's supposed to be super high resolution, better tracking, better kind of field of view or whatever. But it's That's gonna be so expensive though. Yeah, right? that was the thing. It's it's retailing for HTC. Uh, hold on. Are you like single finger typing that? Yeah, a little bit here. Uh, yeah. So the real thing that if anything is gonna like kick off VR as like what people want it to be. Have you guys been looking at like the Oculus Go and that shit? Like the actual Ooh. ones that you don't need to plug into a computer. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. I've heard like of it. Yeah, they're better than the fucking mobile phones. It's like kind of like it's not quite a fucking full computer experience, obviously, but it's like a completely self-contained thing that you just buy as its own device that you don't need anything else for. Which I think is what VR needs. Like, because so far, like everything you get with VR, it's like okay, you get this headset. But you need to plug it into a computer. You need to have a computer with this kind of like hardware specs, all that kind of stuff. Or you get a PSVR. You need to have a PlayStation. You need to have the Move controls. You get like even the fucking Samsung Gear thing. You need to have a phone that's compatible with it, all that kind of shit. Yeah, and once this will be the first one that's just you pay. It's three hundred bucks, and you get a headset that that's all you need to do stuff. Yeah, with. I just want to like have a have like a set of goggles, and I stick like Nintendo Switch cartridges in it. Yeah. Like, I want to just strap a Switch to my face and, and play that. Well, that that, that entire economy may be on its way out if you think about it. Um, yeah, yeah I, strapping I, stuff to your face economy. No, the, the 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 broader idea that you buy a game, you insert it into your console, and that's it. I mean, even the Switch is now 
roast flavor sprays. I I you I've said it here many times. I feel like with the original idea for the original Xbox was is where we're all going. You own a library and that's that's it. You know, it's like pull Steam, from the library. But on yeah. consoles. Yeah. Well, that's fucking like I realized. Fucking, that's one thing I think is going to get much bigger in the following year. The fucking Xbox Games Pass. Like, mm-hmm. I was going through. Like, I changed my bank card recently, so I have to update the bank card on my Games Pass thing. And it's like, hey, you're like can't play your games fast games at the moment because we tried to redo it and yeah. I, I bought two games this year for my xbox yep like, that's one of one of the three things i wrote down prediction wise i said 100 percent more more publishers are going to go the way of ea and microsoft and have uh subscription services what, yeah, once I you realized, like i, I think ubisoft is the next one to yep. do it once you've like, had a subscription service, like it doesn't make sense to buy. It, it's like, remember when you started getting Netflix delivered to your house, and you're like, "What the fuck? Why did I ever go to Blockbuster?" Right? Yeah. Why would I <laughs> like, yeah, we've got Netflix. Why the fuck would I go buy a DVD? Yeah, like, and and that's what's going on with me right now. And subscription services, it's like when oh, like, I still buy Blu-rays because I'm a weeb. And <laughs> not all weeb things get streamed on Netflix. Yeah, you and me uh, both. But yeah, one day yeah. if they have ever make Crunchyroll, yeah. <laughs> But Crunchyroll doesn't have everything. We, we're this is not going to be a weeb podcast, but the weeb sphere was completely like torn apart in 2018 because of brand deals like, and stuff. Fucking username at the moment is some fucking weeb. So let's go. <laughs> okay, just just like a quick 30 second summary. Uh, Crunchyroll and Funimation ended their partnership. Crunchyroll ended up partnering with High Dive. Uh, Funimation is striking on its own. Is no longer just focusing on dubs. Is now starting to do subs. So now the sub sphere is split. And Amazon is licensing more stuff. Netflix has started licensing anime. And Hulu is starting to grab stuff that fun- has signed a partnership with Funimation. Oh. All right. Now we're done. Ooh. Okay. Back to video games. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so what I'm saying is the subscription model, once you've been into it, once you've done it, it, it feels weird to, like, I, I don't know. There's something about paying, you know, 100 bucks and getting every game, every DLC, not having to worry about, you know, oh, well, is it, do I buy Anthem this year or do I wait to see? Who cares? I've yeah, got the EA pass. So many, Gotta play Anthem. Yeah. Games that I was like, fuck, I don't actually know if I want to spend 80 bucks on it, but like, I kind of want, like, um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're on Games Pass. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, Darksiders 3 just popped up on EA's uh, service, like last week. Wait, and I was like, wow. on the EA one? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was like, oh, I'll give no, that a shot. The EA one getting. Other companies, other, yeah, yeah, oh, that's uh, actually a really good deal. Yeah, they've also got uh, this is the police too, which I was really interested in, so I tried that. I mean, like, it's just it's weird because, like, once you've it's like Netflix, it's like, oh shit, I might as well play this because I've got it, you know. Let me tell you, I'll be opening it right now, and I'll just tell you, this is just recently what they've added. So, every month they add new games, just like uh, what's the other one, Xbox does, but Xbox yeah. kind of has a lot more coming and going. Where I feel like with EA, if it's an EA game, it's going to always be there, right? But I feel like they've been negotiating stuff with other publishers pretty routinely. So here's what's... So it's kind of like PS Plus almost. Exactly. So just this month, here's what's new on it. Uh, Sundered, Eldritch Edition, Beholder 2, Darksiders 3, uh, Star Wars KOTOR, Star Wars KOTOR 2, Star Wars Level Assault, The Count Lucanor, Lego Movie Video Game, This is the Police 2, Tyranny, uh, Franbo... Deponia, Hand of Fate, Hyperlight Drifter, um, Blackguards, Blackguards 2, Dungeons 3, The Visible Hours, Souls Project, and Turmoil. That's a pretty I think, good... Like, one of those is an EA game? Yeah, that, that's, and that's a lot of indie games too, man. I mean, that's yeah, a that's lot a of... Yeah, that's a really solid lineup. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. what I'm telling 
it, like I'm not saying this to, to sell people. I'm like, why would you, why would you buy games anymore? When you could just, well, you know, like, I mean, my, my problem with that, funny. with you know, with, with that, you know, with, with the concept of having a subscription service. I mean, it, it's great if everything remains available, but I mean, if it follows the Netflix um, model, uh, you know, when, when whatever bizarre rights. Um, you know, whoever doesn't own the, whoever owns the rights for this game, and you know, it defaults or whatever, it changes hands or whatever. You know, all of a sudden your game disappears from your. Uh, I mean, that, that could that yeah. could always I mean, technically happy on. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it happen on Steam. There's like been games pulled off of Steam. But like when when a game gets pulled from Steam, for it, it gets well when a game gets pulled from Steam, you can't buy it anymore. But it doesn't but get remains in your library. PC. Yeah, it remains in your library. You can re-download it even if you go to another PC. Right. So Valve has at least been very good about that. They haven't like revoked licenses from people who bought them. Um, but like with streaming, it's very easy to to just like revoke but a license. These aren't streaming. These are you download them. Yeah, you, you download them. You add them to your account and download them. It's a yeah. lot more like, yeah, right. But then can you go to another PC and download it once it's been taken off? That's I, the issue. Well, I, I don't know how it works, but like you add them to your account, so it's it's just like. Like on Steam, like you can see your account. What's been if okay. it's ever been in the vault, you can add it. And okay, so it doesn't get revoked. I've they... I've never seen. I mean, I don't know. It, it's not. Yeah, been, it, it, it may be a hundred years it old. It may not ever be a problem. Exactly. I yeah, mean, they if, might... if it never gets revoked, that's an amazing deal. Yeah, and, and but Microsoft's. I think Microsoft's. Their their Microsoft first party games will always be in the in the yeah, Microsoft those are, those first party games aren't going out. Yeah, but I think the rest of theirs, theirs are more like yeah, it's going to be on there for a couple months and then it'll pop off. But I think like, already Games Pass only has a hundred games on at the time, so every mm-hmm. month they add more and they take some off. Yeah, and whereas uh, the EA Access Vault right now it says right at the top 175 games to play whenever you want and as much as you want. So, uh, but anyway, that, my prediction is is going to be in in a couple years. If not really starting this year, like Merv saying, you're just going to buy the UPlay Pass, and you're going to be able to play Division Two and Assassin's Creed, some something that starts with an O, and you know what I mean. Like, it'll just be that's how you buy. You just get a yeah. pass, and then you and I will oh. still spend two hundred bucks on an Assassin's Creed Collector's Edition because yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. week. Collector's editions don't even come with the game anymore. It's just uh, yeah. statues and shit. <laughs> they do. Really? Physical collection. Super cool. I haven't opened my disc of Assassin's Creed odyssey yet because when they sent out the collector's edition they also just fucking sent me a download code so i could start it immediately that's pretty cool that's very nice of them um so what other predictions do you guys have speaking of fucking assassin's creed and every ubisoft and everything uh more shit is going to go away from steam we saw ubisoft's like division is going to steam there it's going to be exclusive to the epic store and yep. i imagine a lot more like big triple a games are going to be leaving steam because Steam sucks. We'll tell you, this has been the drum I've been beating for a while now. And I think last time I posted this on the Avocado, a lot of people kind of told me, no way in hell, Steam's way too big. It's way too big of a storefront, but I'm telling you, I'm seeing the exact same thing coming down the line. Exact same thing. Yeah. To be clear, I don't think Steam is going away anytime soon. I still think they'll be the biggest player in the PC space. But a lot of of publishers are going to do what Activision and EA have done, which is pull back to their own stores. And I think Ubisoft will increasingly just put stuff only on Uplay. Well, because well, what I was studying was Ubisoft specific- are going to Epic. That's what they've already yep. started doing. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. Epic so, is going to fucking hit fucking Steam hard. And 
if like I don't know how many people follow like a lot of the indie scene on Twitter and shit, they are leaving in droves from fucking Steam. They, it's the percent. I mean, that's part of the reason, though, why like indie games have become so popular on Nintendo Switch is because they're not selling super well on Steam because Steam's loaded with shit. Yep. Whereas if you Steam buy a game on Switch, the algorithm. So yeah. like a lot of Steam, a lot of indie Steam games will like see like you can see their profit margin like little graph thing and everything which i realized i was indicating with my hand and no one can see um and then it hits <laughs> i like, saw october, it it's it like october 3rd when they change the algorithm and it just flatlines to zero because what, they changed their discovery the discovery algorithm and games just everyone stopped making money the the little controversy i was talking about on the avocado that got people well that i was saying the same thing as you steam's dead but not dead but you know what i mean like in terms Dying. of a lot of indie developers because uh, they basically steam in order to keep the big publishers there. Basically, created some more deals and said, "Look, we're not going to charge you guys the flat thirty oh, percent yeah. we've been doing for everybody else. If you're an EA, yeah, but... if you're whatever, we're only going to charge you twenty percent." And all the indie developers were like, "What the hell?" You know, <laughs> like yeah. And then yeah, it's, two days it's like... later, Epic came out and were like, "Yeah, everyone, we're taking eighteen percent." Yeah, exactly. And and uh, these percentages are big deals because people are like, oh, well, you can't beat having your game in the Steam Marketplace. I'm like, I think you can for 30%. I mean, that's a cut. I mean, whether you're Call of Duty or whether you're Franbo, you know, that's that's a cut, buddy. Yeah. I mean, um, even if it made financial sense for Valve to make that announcement, just the PR is yeah. so poor, yeah. right? To say, oh, yeah, the big guys get the special treatment and the indie guys who need the help, we're fucking them over. And it's the big guys who speaking. can make their own storefront. It's not, I mean, yeah. e-commerce is not that hard. People have figured it out now, you know? So uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we, we've talked a lot about what Valve is doing, what they're going to do and stuff like that. But, um, you know, when you've got subscription services out there and, man, I know people hate Origin. It's it's so much better. <laughs> it's so much better than Steam. Steam just feels old. It feels slow. It doesn't do anything that I wanted it to do forever. Stuff like the green light was always for Honor poorly. Goes on, like as soon as for honor goes on a different system, I'm uninstalling Steam. Yeah, that's literally the only thing I ever start up Steam for anymore. Uh, it, it's I weird. Don't play games on Steam. Like I don't play that many PC games anymore. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and most of them I play are, are like they're not necessarily through Steam. I'm trying to think how many games I, I like beat through Steam last year, and it used to be like I'd play you know, 20 games through Steam a year. And last year was probably like four or five. Yeah, and it, it, it used to be, I think they gambled a lot on like a lot of weird social aspects that never really came to fruition, right? Like, they, they, like oh, Steam they has like fruition. They're just full service. of Nazis. <laughs> well, yeah, I think what's exactly. kind of funny, so I just fired up my Steam, because you guys had me curious, I would fire up my Steam and it's, hey, do you want a Valve hardware server? I'm like, no. I click cancel and uh, it did it anyway. <laughs> here's all your computer information here's everything we're gonna go ahead and send to steam anyway because too late yeah. too late jackass yeah no i i don't know i mean oh, like, steam i've oh, never steam. wanted i don't want to be a steam hater i just it's it, it's it's almost the exact example of like like say like a network or like a like a hollywood studio just being like ah eh, they're always going to use us they're always going to need us we're always going to be yeah. number one and then just kind of like all these other young up-and-comers people are like oh you know what they're doing pretty good stuff over there across the street too so i don't know i mean so i think you take it to my three so i'm gonna give my other one just before somebody else says it and that is i i feel it i feel it coming this guys i feel this is the year that it, we see a rebirth of the rts i feel like it's this year 
we've been waiting for it and it's coming and I'm ready for RTSs to become a genre again. And what I'm thinking what games have been announced uh, for this year. Well, not a, not a lot have been announced. That's why it's a real prediction. Like I'm thinking, okay. but what I, what I think a lot of people are seeing right now, if you go on a lot of like websites and boards and stuff, it's, it's just kind of like bubbling beneath the surface. I've seen a lot of spots and I'm thinking about, the last time I saw this was right before the Kickstarter CRPG revival where a lot of people, yeah. are like, man, there's just not a lot of these games out there anymore. And I'm seeing more and more of that. Like there's not, there's not command and conquers. There's not Warcrafts. There's not yeah. Starcrafts. Um, and I, and people are like, this is a genre that I really liked and I really enjoyed. And there, I'm not seeing there. There's a, I mean, there's a total war stuff, but that's more of a, you know, but you're not very, seeing many of the, of the RTSs. And I, I think Total War dipped its toes in it with its Total War Britannia thing. Um, yeah. So I feel like... Talking Mike really liked that one. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people did too. And they're like, oh shit, that's right. RTS was a thing. Um, so I'm thinking that this is going to be the year that, that maybe not developers, but maybe Kickstarter or something else starts rolling out where we start seeing more and more RTSs because it, it seems like the cycles do. And uh, there, it's been a yeah. void now for five or six years that really no one stepped in. Um, so hope i'm right there i mean the, the nice thing is that you know like they, they don't have to be big budget affairs you can make a pretty nice looking rts without blowing the bank on super fancy graphics well, yeah, i mean so. i mean i'm reminded of you know of a game like dune 2 the original um one of the first rts's that uh i mean that game fits in a floppy disk mm-hmm. uh, beautiful game uh, it holds up today i mean there's a lot of the mechanics that you know got um uh, perfected uh, as the years went by, but uh, I mean, you can see the kind of the 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 germ of a of the, of the genre. Uh, yeah, just from pre- way back, right? So yeah. I mean, this... yeah, I'm going to dispute the fact that that's a beautiful game because I'm looking at screenshots <laughs> now, and that's a game. <laughs> I mean, it's an old game. It's an old game, beautiful by the day's standards. Well, when all you had was a Tandy 1000. It was pretty damn beautiful. Um, you know what is coming this year that I forgot? There's two games. Um, Age 4. Age of Empires oh, yeah. 4. And then there's that weird World War One mech tank one. The weird Russian one? Oh, what the hell is it called? It's that weird, like, Russian scenery with giant mechs in it. Ah, here it is. Here it is. It's called Iron Harvest. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It looks like Valkyria Chronicles, um, but yeah. Like very steampunky? Very, very, very steampunky, yeah. Well, we are getting a new MechWarrior game. Yep. Oh, yeah, that yeah, too. Fucking, you know, Everything old is I'm fucking geeked up about. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm hoping the series have been dead for way too fucking long. fucking joystick that you need to play those oh, games. Oh, God. Well, that was, <laughs> You're uh, like, that's like Steel Battalion. Yeah, that's Steel Battalion. <laughs> yeah. MechWarrior you can play no, on regular. Big fancy because um, MechWarrior Two and MechWarrior Mercenaries are my shit growing up. Oh we had yeah, a big joystick that had like the throttle on, and like you could use oh, a yeah. like hi hat thing to look. Yep, you had your hat. You had your you had a twistable joystick so you could turn your yeah. uh, like, uh, torso around. Fucking a MechWarrior game on uh, like keyboard shit. I have I don't even know how to do that. So yeah, that, that's my. Those are my predictions. Uh, Rebirth RTS streaming. Oh, uh, more publishers go in the way of EA and Microsoft. And um, I think we've talked about this on on uh, a couple of different times now. I think streaming consoles are down coming down the line. Um, I think I, they're rumored that 
Xbox are, like, making a streaming console. Yeah. I, I'm in the demo. I don't think this is an NDA. If there is, I'll delete this. But um, I'm in the, that demo for uh, the Google operation or whatever it is, Project Stream. Yeah. Where you play Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah, via your Chrome browser. And it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's not – it's 60 FPS and, you know, very console-type, high-end console settings. But – um, I mean, that's going to be more than enough for most. Xbox One version. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, Which it, I have put like 70 hours into. So you, you can feel that it's very frame locked and exactly designed to be what it is. Um, you know, as far as like, here's exactly what you're going to get from this game. Um, it, there's no settings. There's no tweaks. There's the, This is just how this game yeah. runs. Deal with it. Um, but it runs good, man. And I mean, if you were a, uh, you know, the option was, okay, do a, I want to buy a $1,500 gaming PC, or can I just run it through Chrome <laughs> on my yeah. laptop? Yeah, I mean, it, like, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see. The Take streaming, the cheaper option, right? Yeah. Like, the streaming shit I see, like, you tie the streaming shit in with fucking, like, Games Pass services and everything, and that is just an absurd future. Like, imagine, like, you look at that fucking list of, like, 100 games, and you're just like, I want to play this one, and you just click on it and start playing yep. it instantly. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if those two economies can come together in in a way that's you know economical and reliable for you know your average gamer, um, sure. Yeah. But I I, I don't know. The issue is I, that like super fast internet is not available to everyone yet. I'd say it's um, not available to a large majority. Just looking at my own crappy internet connection, and you I, know, yeah, like. I'm lucky. I live in a big city. I get super fast internet. Yeah, I live in a big city too. I still get crap for internet because. It's just going to be so yeah. one of those things um, where, where like, are they able to do it without ripping off us? You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like the the oh definitely not ability to yeah <laughs> the ability to rip people off gamers especially when you're when you control the streaming and the service it just seems like it's so prevalent you know like it's it'd be so easy to do um, so that'd be the interesting also thing. Be a thing where like. At the moment, a lot of people in games have, like, a kind of psychotic obsession with, like, graphics and fidelity and everything. But if, like, kids, like, which is why, like, streaming has to be, like, all this fucking shit and blah, 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 blah. But, like, you could do streaming on slower internet with lower quality settings, like, with low, like, resolution and all that shit. And I think if kids grow up with that, because, like, if I'm, like, a 13-year-old, I fucking can't afford a console on my pocket money, but... I can play it fucking through Chrome or whatever. You grow up with that as the standard, and it kind of like changes the whole expectation. Yeah, and and in, from from a perspective of, uh, I'm at the point now where I've got I game, my wife games, and my my kid does too, and I have to buy everything three times. It drives right. me crazy, you know. So if I could get to a point where, and I think I think companies want us to all be at this point where okay, everybody in the family games. It's what we do. It's not weird. It's like. Everybody's sitting there watching TV, you know. Yeah, like if you we want have two ev- switches in front of our computer, in right. front of our TV. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, not I mean, that I'm I don't... sitting in a room playing Mario Party right. together. It's right. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I I don't think that this is going to become a reality. I just don't think that it's going to come together within the next year. The streaming yeah. stuff. I mean, I it might not. It might be whatever the next console, the actual console. Oh, the next, is. yeah, the next console generation. We're we're talking no physical media. We're talking download only, and it's yeah, yeah or download only, or download in a combination of, or a download or a combination of download and streaming. Yep, I, I agree. No way I, they'll go fully that 
Well, the dis- I, I think I think next generation is the last generation of physical media. I don't know, yeah. guys. I, I think it'll two yeah. generations from now is when we'll we'll be download only. No, That's what I think. The massive problem. There's, there's no technical issue, and there's no like societal issue with fucking getting to a full download thing. The problem is if they go, we're not selling physical games anymore. Every place that sells video games is not going to sell their console. They're going to be like, well, fuck you, fuck off, like, and uh, no one. We'll be able to yeah, but everybody's just going to go to Walmart and buy it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck GameStop. We don't need them anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, GameStop is basically nerd hot topic right now. I don't know the last time you guys yeah, have been they in basically one. Just, I haven't been in there in years. So, like, half the store half the is... collectibles and, like, weird... Well, it's like game par- paraphernalia. I mean, yeah. well, uh, good for them. That's the, that's the way the market's heading. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because no nerds love their that. paraphernalia, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, from a PC standpoint, what was the last... I can't, re- I can't even remember the last game i actually bought on a disc for my pc yeah. did they even sell yeah. probably Bioshock was, anymore? Uh, probably i bought Starcraft i did too. buy a game last game i bought in a disc was dragon age inquisition because yeah. it was three cents cheaper to buy the disc <laughs> than to buy I the download on a disc was fucking the frost expansion for world of warcraft oh holy shit uh that's that's a long time ago. So that's yeah. PC games. Like I've bought, like I I n- almost never buy downloads for console games. Sorry, yep. I've been but, on PC. Yeah, but the last PC game, I only own two PC games on disc. It's Alpha Protocol and Dragon Age Inquisition. That's it. Man, like all the rest are downloads. I have oh a God, bunch you're of really young, aren't you? Yeah, no kidding. No, I okay. So I have a whole bunch of of like CD <laughs> games at my parents' place, but like ones I have here now that I live by myself and have been for like a decade. Uh, I only have two games on DVD. Like, I remember the first game I bought that was on a CD, not a floppy disk. So. I have, this is going to be weird, I have Battle for Middle Earth because I don't think they ever made that on anything else. I've got Rise of Legends, I've got World in Conflict, I've got Metroid Prime Trilogy on Wii for some reason. Hmm. This is just <laughs> on my shelf above it. Like, these are only like DVD, CD games I even kept. I've, I've gotten rid of all of them. I think the only reason I have these ones is because these are ones that like are really rare or hard to find. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's one of those yeah. things where the, the more, the less physical media, the better. Because, man, I don't want to have this stuff in my house anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Metroid up. Prime Trilogy is coming to Switch. So you can get rid of your <laughs> I ended up having to like go through, I had like bookshelves full of games and like taking them all out and just have like, put them in cd walls because just it takes up so much fucking room yeah yeah i, I think i think digital's digital's where everybody's gonna end up being I, I i feel bad for canadians because they still got data cap right is that still um, a thing I mean, I don't rogers right well, we do now. technically in the u.s i mean i do it's just i fortunately they bumped it high enough to where i'm not likely to ever hit it yeah i at, I, I, at I, least it not in my 30 megs per second or whatever ridiculous we yeah, yeah, yeah we have cap. the good counter of we have data caps, but our internet isn't fast enough to ever reach it, even if you're yeah. downloading. Yeah, I think Canada is one of the few spots where it's fast enough and easy to hit, and then they do charge you. So it's kind of like the worst of all worlds, but only, <laughs> only from knowing a friend. Of mine. They don't have many options. I think there's only like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I lived in Canada about eight years ago, and yeah, my internet was shit. And it's like Rogers or nothing, right? Like, that's what he tells me. But you have Rogers or Bell. Yeah. Uh, so you have a choice between essentially cable or DSL. Yeah. And they both suck, and they're both awful, and the CRTC can... <laughs> um, I was going to say, like, lick my cream hole. <laughs> anyway, um, so any other predictions you guys have? So I guess, Kappa, you said your predictions. Ben, yeah, you said yeah. yours. Well, Ben said Glick, half you got one, it? I said the other ones. 
Glitchy uh, on your predictions? Oh, Ben, you got one. Okay. No, I was going to say I only checked the thing like five minutes before we started, so I didn't actually think of any predictions. Uh, that's fine. Um, Glitch, you got any? Uh... Okay, so you predict that there will be a lot of farting at the game. There will be a whole lot of farting. Sonic related. Sonic related. Sonic farts. There's going to be a... There are no new Sonic games this year except for a racing one. I just checked. Does Sonic still have his game? Does Sonic still have his kicky scarf? <laughs> Wait, is it kinky? Are we calling it? Ki- is it a kinky, kinky scarf? For Christ's I mean, sake! Boom one. Oh, kicky. So if there's a kinky, I was like, what? Everything with Sonic has to be a kink. I mean, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. But are you talking about the scarf he has on Sonic? It's boom someone's kink. It is somewhere. Sonic Sorry, what? Just... Are you talking about the scarf he had in Sonic Boom? Because that shows. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, whichever. Amazing. Yeah. Hipster like, Sonic. Legitimately good. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> that, okay. There's a whole scene in that show where they talk about how, like, Tails buys some old retro video game, and they talk about how irritating the retro video games that obsess over him only ever being 2D are, and how they all complained after it went to 3D. Okay, so I think Sonic's pretty good at trolling its fan base, which I kind of appreciate. Um, I just like when... I just like when a franchise knows that it's shit and just kind of steers into the skid. Sonic yeah, but they really still get movies like made. Really good at that, and also they're probably like one of the most um, like they don't sue their fan base, which is nice. Like, because you've seen like the fucking Sonic fan game events and everything that like Sega sponsor, and like yeah, we get actual game like the fucking what's that series of games that looks like the Freedom Planet. That's all like a Sonic fan game that started off and all that kind of stuff. Like, they seem to be pretty cool with that. Yeah, they're like, don't, like, they don't care as long as they're not selling it for profit, pretty much. Well, I mean, also, Sonic their... games are good. Fuck you all. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, to, to their credit, the, the, uh, uh, the, the latest 2D Sonic, what the hell is it called? Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania. Yeah, Sonic Mania. That's, it was, wasn't that? Basically? That was supposed to be good. Well, it's great. I, I got it for the Switch. It's, um, um okay. A group of, yeah, it was Chris Whitehill was the developer who um, basically made remade the Sonic engine from scratch for Android and iOS and presented it to Sega. Like, can I port your games? They're like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And then, yeah. yeah, he hired a bunch of developers from Sage, which is the Sonic fan game contest they hold every year, which actually puts out amazing shit and you should look at. Um, and, yeah, hired a bunch of, like, sprite artists and level designers and everything from different things from there and made fucking yeah sonic mania i mean if you're uh just uh, like i said i i, I kind of fell off the the, uh, the sonic trolley when he made the move to three sonic sonic fell off his own trolley. yeah, we fell off our trolley. yeah sonic yeah me and sonic balls just completely rolled and you know forgot to tuck and shit uh <laughs> are you saying but, you're not uh, a fan of the werehog no. i have no idea what we're talking I missed about. out on that one <laughs> he turns into a werewolf in one of the games, and it's called a werehog. And of course like he does. And there's like 3D God of War-style levels, and they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I expected, but okay. But, yeah, I mean, Sonic Mania, there's no werehog levels that I've encountered yet, although I haven't finished it. But How did we get of... back on Sonic? What, did I fall into Everything loops back to Sonic. <laughs> oh, no, this is, this is a time loop. We're no. making the same predictions we made back in 2018. No. Speaking of how Sonic, uh, you know, like they're, you know, I guess the Sonic uh, 
um, Twitter account likes to screw with its... Uh, that was supposed to be a segue into more predictions, not a segue into the Sonic Twitter account. But okay, let's go down this road. Well, let's I mean, okay, Twitter well, my, my prediction is the Sonic movie is going to suck, but at least they're having some fun with it, like we were talking about. Okay, yeah, I share that prediction. There's it's going to be my hot garbage. Is the Sonic movie will be the first good video game movie. <laughs> Second okay. good after Super Mario Brothers with Bob Hoskins. Second good. Fuck you. Fuck you in your <laughs> fucking face. The only other movie acceptable for this discussion is Mortal Kombat or Dead or Alive. They made a Dead There's or a Dead or Alive, Alive movie? There's a Dead or Alive movie, which is not a good movie, but the perfect encapsulation of what Dead or Alive is, because it's a bunch of really attractive women doing martial arts fights in their underwear. Yeah, that, that pretty much nails Dead or Alive. <laughs> okay, yeah. Also, Except for now, Dead or, Alive, Dead or Alive has covered itself up, and now it doesn't have... Like lingerie fighting anymore. Dead or Look, modest. But the that... bad thing about the Dead or Alive movie is the chick from My Name Is Earl plays Tina Armstrong. I don't know that person's name. Um, in any case, SNK Tag Team Heroines now is like the scantily clad lady fighter, and we apparently we we like it as opposed to Dead or Alive, which has done the same thing. Well, I hope it gets like a Neo Geo release. SNK. I I mean I don't think it was a very well received game, but everyone's like, yeah. My waifu fighter's coming out, and they were <laughs> obsessing over it. You could have big-titted Terry Bogart in that game. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that I is a thing. I think they added DLC for Iori, but they didn't actually do the Miss Exit. Because you know there was a previous like SNK heroine-style old-lady fighter, right? There was? was? Yeah, it was like back when they still used sprites. And the final boss is Mrs. X in massive air quotes, and it's just Iori Yagami wearing a mask and a dress. Like, okay. not a female version of Iori. It's Iori has dressed in drag to enter this contest. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have a few predictions. Um, my first prediction is that one major American AAA studio will unionize. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like a trend, I don't think, but we'll see like the first sort of video game union. This year. I think it'll be Bungie. Could be. Could be Bungie. <laughs> but we'll see. I don't know how the rank and file there feels about um, about the jobs there or whether they have any job security. Um, but as you know, one of the bigger and more profitable, I think probably one of the biggest American studios right American now. And good chance they could probably do Insomniac. it. Insomniac? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they're not published around. I figure they can they can do that. After all the horror stories revolving around Red Dead Redemption Two, I wouldn't mind seeing that happen to like Rockstar. Yeah, but, not yeah, but like Two K owns Bunch. Rockstar. Oh. Yeah, the only reason, I, reason I guess Bungie is because they're in Washington near Seattle. That's a pretty union friendly, yeah, place. Yeah, but... I can see that happening. Um. So yeah, that's that's like my my first prediction. My second prediction is that. At least one high-profile console exclusive is just going to be a huge flop. Last uh, of like Us a huge 2. critical flop. Sorry, which one? Last of Us 2. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be a huge flop. My money's on Days Gone. Days Gone, 100%. Just, Days Gone, I, mean, gonna be a huge... I don't think Days Gone can be a flop because I think there needs to be some anticipation for it. But... <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I, like until is there anybody Gone, who, like... I forgot that game existed. Is there anybody who's like looking at Days Gone is like, 
yeah, that game. That game is for me. Who's who's looking it's at that game a, and thinking it, that? It feels like it's like it's completely out of time. Like not not like out of Remember like running. Zombies like zombies with a big thing like ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. It feels like it's a ten year old game that's just coming out. Like it, it's, it's so like, weird hey, to me. Fuck. We're doing Dead Rising. After yeah. Dead Rising, everyone's got sick of and it's failing. Like, That's the best way to describe it. I mean, like, Dead Rising was only fun because it was really weird and goofy. and But, like, oh, they man. the studio that makes Dead Rising because no one gives a shit about that franchise anymore. If yeah, well, they ran that into the ground with... fast. Yeah, they Dead really Dead Rising did. 1 and 2, great games. After that. Yeah. Uh, well, Dead Rising yeah. had a really... Well, I don't know if I call it. It, it the mechanic drove me crazy, but that time limit you couldn't do it all type thing on it was kind of interesting. But and then they yeah. I think out Days Gone is more of an um, Days Gone is more of like a large open world game though. So it's like so taking a trend from game. like three or four years. Like yeah, so Days Gone is like wilderness, like a huge map. So it's taking like the, the whole open world genre, which is I'd say at this point a four or five year old trend and marrying it to zombies, which is an eight or nine year old trend. Yeah. Don't so, forget. Cap is right. It feels like it gave out of time. Anarchy, which finished four years ago. Like remember bikers are cool. Oh yeah. That was a thing. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. There's a lot. I, 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 I think you're, that's a pretty safe bet. That, that one's going to flop. Um, I think if I had to pick another one, um, man, there's probably a couple other ones out there. What was that? Um, it, it won't be that from game, but what was that like samurai game that they showed at E3? Ghost it looked just kind of sec- the PlayStation exclusive one. Yeah, where like they really didn't yeah. show anything other than like Ghost really. Yeah, that one. I'm not sure what the hell is going on with that one. That one I looked think really weird. They showed it off too early. The animations and stuff like that are very stiff right now. Yeah, I think they could possibly smooth it out, but if that's what they're putting out the door, it's going to flop. Yeah, I, I agree. I watched that. Like I rewatched that trailer a lot of times, and I think. Like, from what I can tell, that game looks very basic. Like, if you're making a samurai game, you need to go all out on making the combat good. And as mm-hmm. far as I can tell, it's just really basic, like, three-hit combo kind of things, which, like, I, I don't see myself caring about. Um, you have Crackdown 3 on your list. I don't know if Xbox One games on the Games Pass can count as flops anymore, because people don't buy Xbox One games because they have the Games Pass. So I... I honestly don't know. That's how why that I said works. critical flop, not. Oh, critical. I, oh, yeah, flop. I could see it being that too. Um, like, but like, yeah. Sea of Thieves is a good example. I, I mean, I, I heard tons of people play it. Like, it's very popular again all of a sudden. And my guess is because it's on, it's on Game Pass now, right? So, might as well check it out, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting yeah, right now. Critics hated that game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think it could definitely be a, a critical flop. And this is going to be like probably an unpopular opinion. And I might even end up enjoying it, but I would not be shocked if Yoshi's Crafted World ends up sucking. Oh, it's good. I don't think there's any doubt about it. The Yoshi games suck. Like, I really like, like Yoshi's Island I think, on the SNES. I think that's one of the best SNES games. But, like, every single Yoshi game that's come out after the fucking Super Nintendo has not been good. My guess, I think it's going to be bad even by Yoshi standards. Like, like what was the Yoshi games are for kids. World? Woolly World has a beautiful aesthetic. I just the gameplay is kind of lacking. Yeah. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. And I got bored of that game after. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? It's like a game that you can just like, kind of like, like I beat two worlds of it. I realized like I haven't actually thought about what I'm doing once. It's just kind of like completely on autopilot. Like, 
didn't not fun. Like I actually thought this game came out to be honest with you. <laughs> no, it's not out yet. It's it got delayed. It was supposed to come out last year. Uh, and Nintendo games, when they get that long a delay, there's got to be something wrong with it. It's my guess. I think it's just. I don't think it's just like too simple. It's, I'm like making allowance for kids' games here. I think it's just actually a game where they haven't figured out the mechanics properly. They haven't figured out the level design properly, and that's why it's been delayed by like a year. And it's going to come out and still be a very confused and shitty game. Oh, huh. wow. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think you're right. So, with... go Sorry, Hugo. Well, you're, I think you're right about with Nintendo, where it almost seems like they announce the game, the game immediately comes out, and it's received however it's going to be received. I, don't, I can't think of many Nintendo games getting delayed and being like stuck in development. Like, it seems like by the time they announce it, it's out, you know? Um, the last one so I can think of was like Twilight Princess. That got fucking delayed forever. Yeah, but I mean that's that, it's weird to, for me to hear a, of a two-year delay for a Nintendo yeah. game. I think Twilight Princess got delayed more so it could be released on you know concurrently on the yeah, GameCube and Wii. Same with Breath of the Wild. Yeah, right? I mean they they sat on those games more than anything else. Yeah, whereas these this Yoshi game seems like it's probably going through some sort of trouble development cycle. So, what, the original trailer for Twilight Princess did show a completely different game, so they obviously did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but that was... Yeah. that was but that this, came out and it was well-received. I mean, I remember, a, a you know, a, a you know a, a trailer or some footage for a, for the first HD uh, uh, Legend of Zelda it turned out to be absolutely nothing like what we got. Yeah. No, that was the Space World demo. That wasn't actually a game. That was... um basically tech demos to show what the GameCube could handle. It's exactly the same as um, remember the Wii U one where he fights a spider? Those well, yeah, that's what I was talking about, the Wii U one. Oh, no, those were never supposed to be real games. Those are just tech oh. demos to show what the console is capable of. Yeah. It's like that, that never Mario 128 fucking tech demo and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're... so my guess, like, my guess is that Days Gone is, is going to be the game that sucks, oh, yeah. um, but I would not be surprised if Ghosts of I am not feeling positively about Ghost of Tsushima. It might be that they just need to clean up the animation and stuff, and then it'll, you know, be a relatively polished, decently received game. But if well, I had to say, next one, I just want to throw another prediction yeah, out. Yeah, throw I more on the pile. Think 2019 might be the year the Nintendo finally realizes stop letting Shigeru Miyamoto touch shit because oh. he can't make good stuff anymore. Whoa, man! Ooh, hot take. I mean, he made Star Fox Let's Zero. Get fucking so spicy on this shit. Could have just edited like nothing but like explosions for the next 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I haven't played Star Fox Zero, so maybe it's not my place to judge, but his last big release was Star Fox Zero and okay. that game was a disaster. Let's say as someone that did play Star Fox Zero all the way through and is a huge fan of the Star Fox franchise, that game's fucking trash. Like Well, what did he do on Odyssey? Anything he didn't do anything okay. really. He was not the lead designer or anything. He just like consulted. I think he has wisdom. I think you know he can consult he's with. Upset, like okay, these are the things that currently are like what Shigeru Miyamoto's thing is. He will not let a new F Zero game exist because he doesn't see the point of having an F Zero game if they can't radically change the gameplay from what it is instead of just making a new good F Zero game. Like I don't fucking understand that. Um. Star Fox Zero, his main thing is let's make the controls completely irritating to use by making it a gyro-aiming game where you also have to constantly look at the screen because your ship's always moving, but you can only aim through the Wii U screen. And also, there are stealth levels 
in a Star Fox game? Like, oh, okay, so it's like Batman Arkham Knight. Was this like was, vehicular okay, so stealth? Was, was this more like, hey, we've got to show something that shows the weird Wii U control scheme? Yeah, we got to get something out with that more than, yeah. yeah. No, like that's his obsession with like every game he like gets involved with and everything. It has to show weird shit that the console can do rather than being a good game. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, see, I'm glad they've backed off from that for the Switch. Like the Switch <laughs> can do weird shit, and sometimes they haven't backed off for, of it for stuff like. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it does, like, for stuff like Mario Party, I get it. Because Mario Party, who cares who wins, who loses, right? But they've mostly backed off from that and just let developers do whatever. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping 2019 is the year that Nintendo well, though, lays because... off the damn gimmicks in terms of controls and like, that kind of shit. There's still, like, <laughs> fucking mandatory motion controls in a lot of games that, like... Okay, even apart from being irritating for most people to use, it's, like, an accessibility issue that people with disabilities just can't fucking play Switch games mostly. Right. Because... Like the fucking but like the only one I can think of though is Super Mario Odyssey. Super Mario no Odyssey, other games. Um, the fucking Pokemon game is all motion control shit. Um, okay, I haven't played. Like the only one, I, the only one I have that has mandatory motion controls is Super Mario Odyssey. All the rest, even like Nintendo first party games, like Mario Tennis Aces, just lets you play it however the hell you want, which I appreciate. Um, and like Xenoblade is no motion controls, things like that. But I, I I understand that I I'm only playing a subset of them. I'm just thinking of like the uh, the insane world shattering outcry had Nintendo tried to smush uh, uh, motion controls into something like Smash Brothers. I mean, yeah, because that's not going to work for a fighting game. Like it works for a party game like Mario Party. <laughs> when have right? I ever cared about that? Well, tripping was a mechanic in Smash Bros. At one point, you just randomly fall over. Yeah, I remember that. Very... Yeah, I feel like okay, but like for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, they haven't like. Well, I mean, they, they've, done they've, that they've tried motion controls with uh, fighting games. That's what uh, Arms is. Arms is. Although Arms lets you play completely with the controllers as well. Like, yeah, yeah, you have the option. I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit. They're 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 more than you know in the Wii days. Uh, they're so at least a lot of the games coming out now though are like uh, it's um, a new generation of Nintendo developers uh, coming up, and they're getting to like, a senior enough position that they can be like, no, fuck off, let me make a good game. Stop. <laughs> like, I doesn't need your fucking dumb motion control bullshit. I fucking hated the Wii! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it could be... That's why you're seeing all these all these more, like, innovative oh, titles like Splatoon, Splatoon right? Yeah. Fucking motion control aiming? Splatoon, you have the option. Oh, okay. You can do it, motion control, you can. Uh, but I've heard that it actually works in Splatoon. But I've never used, I've never played Splatoon, so I can't say for myself. I mean, it works well enough in Breath of the Wild, too. Yeah, but like, again, it's like non-mandatory motion right. controls for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, there's, well. there's, it's basically the only aspect of that game that is, you know, motion, quote-unquote motion control is the ability to aim. And, and actually, it gives you a lot of uh, precision, and it's something you could turn off. Right, uh-huh. so my point, like, Miyamoto and doesn't and have... Off the Vita. Yeah, I mean, at the and end yeah. of the day, Miyamoto... Miyamoto hasn't had that much input on Switch game development. Like, he's been kind of like a consultant. So, they, you know, younger developers go to him and he has wisdom, but he's not like calling the shots on Switch game development for the and most that's part. That's why Switch games have been good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that they've, they've allowed developers to take ideas from, from elsewhere in the industry, not just, you know, the old masters. Like, and wanna, they've come up with it. really good what ideas. What was the last. Good game, Shigeru Miyamoto lead directed. Is it fucking Ocarina? Man. Possibly. I don't. 
I'm not look. I mean, should I go look up his CV right now and see what? Uh, I mean, already I, him. I wonder, like, if his uh, he's more of like a figurehead or like, you know what I mean, like somebody that fucking just Ocarina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm looking through what he's um, like, what he's been the supervising director for. Mario Party 10 was apparently terrible. Um, it's but, yeah, it. I bought it. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. That was the last thing before Star Fox Zero. So he was the lead on. It looks like he's a, he produced Luigi's Mansion, and that's he produces a, everything. He's well, like okay. a lead producer at Nintendo. Like, okay. yeah, I'm looking like what 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 he was like the supervising director for. Oh, let me or like the supervisor. Let me ask this though. Like, I guess is there anything? Does the Switch need to give a reason why it exists anymore? Because, like, remember, like, that's how, kind of like how the Wii U was for a while, right? And the Wii at first, too. Like, he had to make games for it because nobody else really understood, right? But I don't think the Switch is as... I, I'm not in a bad way. I'm just saying I don't think it's as revolutionary or as complicated a console where you need to make games that use it to justify its existence. Okay, but... So say that was his goal, to make games that use it to justify its existence. Did any of them? Like, yeah, I mean, specifically, no. not really. I mean, my the whole thing is about about the Switch is you can take it on the go or you can play it at home, and apparently there's a great demand for it, and I think it's worked out pretty well for them. But that's not something you can really sell with a specific game. Yeah, and there's no place for Shigeru Miyamoto to to come in and say, okay, I'm going to showcase, you know, this game where you can take the console out of the dock and do something with it, and put it in the back of the dock, do something else. Like, there's no game that really would sell that. Right, where I think right. that you kind of needed that for Wii and Wii U. You know what I mean? Like, not. I think most people would get it by picking it up, but I, I don't. Like, remember, like Waggle was like a big thing, like when we first started. Fucking hate Waggle. Yeah, I fucking hate Waggle so much. Anything they made could have saved the Wii U, though. <laughs> yeah, well, it came out way too fast. After I mean, the Wii you know what would have saved the Wii U is a different fucking name. Yeah, <laughs> that saved the Wii U if the original announced trailer had told you it was a fucking game console yeah that's very true like yeah if they, people they thought it was just like... fucking called it the wii 2 yeah not call your consoles wii's come on <laughs> like <laughs> they called it they call it like a me. fucking ambulance siren like wii u wii u wii u that's what they called it why can't you have someone um, who speaks english in your naming department so you don't name your cream console <laughs> urine you know it was a was a real um Speaking of the Wii U, it was a real, uh, just a bee in my bonnet for the damn thing was the battery life of the tablet. Um, it's like two hours. It, it's about two hours, give or take. But you, if you open that little sucker up, um, uh, the, so the battery is technically user replaceable. Uh, and uh, if you open it up, the small battery that comes with it uh, is kind of sits in kind of a vertical orientation. Uh, and there's a cutout for a larger battery that you could order from Nintendo that would bump the, the uh, battery life of the <laughs> tablet up. Yep. That's, yeah, that's that's about the right reaction to have for that. God Fuck damn. you, Nintendo. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. And I say that as somebody who, who likes the Switch. Mm. Fuck you, Nintendo. Fuck you, Nintendo, <laughs> oh, for man. putting that chintzy-ass little dinky battery I'm gonna, on it. I'm going to be running out of bomb effects for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you. I mean, like on the last podcast, we just we just said Shenmue Three was gonna fucking suck. Yeah. So. Is that even controversial? No, it is not. It really can't be at this point. Oh, I mean, I also told I also that people who who contributed to the to the Kickstarter were stupid. So. Also, I don't think very controversial. That game is scam. Like. I wonder if they're like sitting like I would really love to know like if people who contributed like if they're like God I was an idiot you know <laughs> like the game was gonna come out regardless you right? You my mad obsessed Shenmue friend that donated a hundred dollars could yes. be like Hey Tim Tim how do you feel about the fucking Shenmue game now? <laughs> yeah the way the way I see it is um, I could donate a hundred dollars to Shenmue. Or I could just uh, donate a hundred dollars to fucking like AGDQ, and they'll spend it on on a entertaining me, like actually entertaining me, and b it'll actually go to a good cause right. instead of fucking Sony's wallet. Right, you can I mean, buy the game. It's up, buy, set like, hundred dollars on fire, and it would give you heat for a certain yeah. amount of time. <laughs> like, you take the hundred dollars and you go to the secondhand like department of any game store and buy three different Yakuza games. Like, when when did Shenmue three? When was that? Was that twenty? 17 E3? Or yeah. 26? I think it was 2016 E3. Jeez. And is there even like a gameplay video out yet? Oh, have you not seen it? No, I haven't. That's really Wait, shitty no, looking. I don't think it was gameplay. The one with the terrifying faces? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's like the art style of like 15 fucking years ago. Like, they have faces. Like, they've got like, it's all like super realistic lighting and texturing yep. and everything with like completely static anime faces. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Terrific shit. It looks like you're playing like the original Yakuza One. Oh, like not no. even. Where did all no, that money go? I, something. <laughs> I played the original Yakuza One not that long ago with the fucking dub. It looks better. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it looks like. Okay, do you guys remember a few years ago when they they first showed off footage of Roller Coaster Tycoon World and it looked worse than Roller Coaster Tycoon Three? Yes. And it, like, That's the same thing we're talking worse. about here. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. No, you know that. The exact thing? same thing. You know right that here. really creepy Japanese cosplay thing where they have like the full face anime masks that don't move? Yeah. 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 That's what Shenmue looks like. Man. Oh, it's like the original Perfect Dark where the mouths don't move so you can't tell when people are talking? Because <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. If they do like N64 style um faces like i would fucking buy that shit right away Jeez. yeah that, that that's gonna be a fucking train wreck um so i have one last prediction which is that um oh this last so, prediction's wrong by the way <laughs> oh you think this prediction's wrong yeah yeah well fuck you <laughs> um, so i think netflix is going to announce more choose your own adventure co- adventure content um because Bandersnatch is a video game. Mm-hmm. I know that's a hot take, apparently. Um, and rival streaming services are going to try to get their own kind of choose your own adventure. A really good one. I, you out. know what it'll be? It'll be whatever is left to Telltale. Because they're still doing Minecraft stories on well, Netflix, yeah. right? Yeah. That is on Netflix. Right. So they're going to make more of that shit. Yep. I think you're for Netflix. on that one. about this, though, is like Netflix have been doing this shit for like two years. Like, they're announcing more stuff is inevitable like there was a fucking yeah but rival streaming services are also going to get on it that's part of the prediction oh yeah, yeah I, we I don't can... have rival streaming services in australia so that doesn't count <laughs> yeah well there are more countries in the world than australia ben <laughs> time to move 
Welcome to the world yeah. of Hulu. <laughs> Fuck Hulu. Yeah. Those guys suck. Um, <laughs> it doesn't exist. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh, but on, on like the second part of this prediction is that TV critics still won't understand that FMV games have been a thing for decades. So they're still going to talk about this whole thing like it's a completely new phenomenon. Have you guys seen this laugh. amazing game or this amazing show on Netflix? It's called Mad Dog McCree. Oh <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what's Night Trap show. Oh man, <laughs> they're just going to put Night Trap up on Netflix and pretend it's new. Yeah. And TV critics are going to lose their fucking shit. It's like <laughs> the advertising is like, yeah, it's like started like a retro horror movie. That'd be oh, interesting. Wow. But, and then I, I was able to click on my own choice. Like, oh my god. I, I still... The reaction to Bandersnatch has been hilarious. Yeah, it's a little fun. I, sh- I actually haven't played Bandersnatch yet. I should at some point. The um, reaction guys... to Bandersnatch is really confusing me, though, because, like, they've had choose your own adventure shit on Netflix yeah. for years. Like, yeah. it's, and it's, it's not, a, it's not an incredibly new idea. It's episode in, like, 2016. I think it's because they, they got, like, the Black Mirror branding on it, and everybody watches Black Mirror. Are you telling so. me the Stretch Armstrong brand is not as strong as Black Mirror? Yeah. I, um, not, I mean, I, I know, I've only heard the name Stretch Armstrong. I don't know what it is. If you want to know how prevalent all that is right now, I, this, honest to God, happened. I took my kid to the library a couple weeks back, and he wanted he asked the librarian for a choose-your-own-adventure book. She had no idea what he was talking about. Like, none. Oh. Like, she thought he made it up. I, I leave like, for the future. We've got to find a different library. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> How do you not know that this is a I thing? I grew up. I grew up reading that yeah. shit. Like that was that was like the only books they had in our classroom when I was in in grade three. Man, um, I'm so excited for a new generation of kids to be massively disappointed by how crap every choose your own adventure. Is. <laughs> well, now it'll just be choose your own adventure Netflixes, you know. Turn to page yeah. two, 25. So, oh, I died. All right, shit. Yeah, you always have to keep your finger, like, three pages, like, on three pages in the past, because yep. every second decision ends up with you dying. That's one of the problems I had with Bannerstatch, to be honest. There was too many just, okay, it just ends now. Like, you should have let me get a little bit further. I I think I got an ending, like, literally the third choice I made. That's not very fun, you know? <laughs> like... So is Bandersnatch closer to something like Dragon's Lair than like a choose your own adventure story where like if you fuck up once you end up dead horribly and then Yeah, I'd say basically. It's, it's probably more like do you guys remember a couple years ago this game called Late Shift came out? Yeah. It's probably a little bit more like that. It's like a you know full fledged fully filmed FMV game. Yeah. But it is an FMV game. It's a video game. It, it, it has guys. it has no problems getting you to to endings really quickly and some are better thought out than others but i think a lot of it is just to be more like well look what you chose you chose the wrong thing and even though there's no rationale or reason behind it it just it just wants to give you a different ending right like okay it's like a david cage game yeah where like you can get it you can get an early ending if you accidentally mix alcohol and pills you just die instantly yeah like in curse yeah. of monkey island <laughs> One of the There's alcohol and pills in Curse of Monkey Island. Yep. You can actually die in Curse of Monkey Island, you just don't stay dead. What oh, the... so you just like run around the rest of the game as like Guybrush's ghost? Well, no, you just don't stay dead. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't want to spoil it or nothing for the I'll spoil it all. 20 plus year old game. You were stuck in a fucking theme park. Oh, yeah. That's okay. the end of Curse of Monkey Island, by the that's way. The... You have a bunch of little kids playing in a theme park. Well, that's the end of Secret of Monkey Island. 
Oh shit! Wrong game. I gotta mix the, it up. the yeah. second one. The, the Curse of Monkey Island was the third one, and that's where you can actually mix alcohol and like downers and die horribly. But you get better. <laughs> I choose. I choose to to believe that that's what Fahrenheit was referencing. It was actually a stealth Curse of Monkey Island reference, and David Cage is cleverer than we. Oh did. man, I hope so. You're making a leap there, bud. <laughs> that's true. I believe he's cleverer than I think. Like. I, the thing with David Cage is that he's occasionally said things that are correct, but because he's fucked up so much and says so many stupid things, nobody believes him when he says correct things. Yeah, it kind of feels like he has like a PR guy, and then like the rest is him. Like either you know what I mean. Like he says something right, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, and then like then you see, you're like, wait, no, that's nothing like what you talked about. Like Detroit Become Human sounded like a totally different game when you heard him talk about it, didn't it? Like. If you go back, I, I didn't play it. Go back. If you, I, well, I yeah. mean, just even if you've heard of it, if you go back and look at like some of his older interviews and then what actually came out, it's just like, yeah, it's it's night and day. He's he's a guy who's more conceptual than almost anybody. So he's the Molyneux. Yeah, I, I was about yeah. to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Molyneux is literally a con man. So, like, nobody's a, that far. I think. Is he comment as bad as uh, our most hated enemy on the podcast, who's also <laughs> in deep legal oh, trouble? Oh, that, that news came out. Yeah, yeah. So Randy Pitchford is getting sued for $12 million oh, yeah. because like apparently he's being for. accused of embezzling money Ooh. from Gearbox or like embezzling to a shell company that he owned. And on top of that, there are now accusations of pedophilia. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things that's going to be really ugly. And like... This is probably a really horrible thing to say, but and these kinds of things, whenever like accusations of pedophilia start flying, that's when I know it's time for me to tune out yeah. because no good. It's can not come fun anymore. Me. Yeah, yeah, no good can come from me looking at this any closer. So if they do take him down, I think we'll, we're going to take credit, right? As as our number one enemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't even want to make jokes about it anymore. Like if he's actually uh, well, if I, it makes I mean, me feel better, I think a lot of that is more about his lawsuit with his former. What was he like? His intern or something? Formal lawyer or like legal advisor to Gearbox, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of like, yeah, the the financial stuff might be true, but a lot of other the stuff is just kind of like him being out there being slandered. So I don't know how true that is, but if it makes you, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't want to say I don't believe it, but I, I'm much more inclined to. Um, let's say, put stock in the accusations of embezzlement because that sounds like something Randy Pitchford yeah. would do. Okay, yeah. I just want to say, though, Randy Pitchford was on a podcast talking about how his obsession with barely legal porn stars. So, like, Jesus. that's his <laughs> Not a good look, Randy. Wait, what the fuck? When did this happen? There, okay, so you know how there was the whole fucking uh, thumb drive that got left with all the porn, right? No? Okay, yeah. Okay, one of the whole things that came out about this is there was a thumb drive that got left that had a whole bunch of information about upcoming Gearbox projects on it, and also a whole bunch of Randy Pitchford's hardcore porn. Yeah. Okay, great. He was on a podcast talking about it, like Randy Pitchford himself, talking about how he was watching this cam girl doing squirting porn, and she like advertises herself as barely legal, only just turned 18. (laughs) So, like... That's shit from his own mouth. That's not an accusation. That's what he's prepared to admit on a podcast. So, like... Do you know where he left it at? 
the best part of all this? You know where he left it at? No. A medieval times. It's just such a random. <laughs> 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 I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh my god. It's just such a Randy Pitchford thing. Like, of course he... <laughs> oh yeah. Why? Oh god. So, yeah, I, maybe it's, it's, it's true. I, I, just, I just question the character of someone who is the CEO yeah. of a major developer. One of the largest independent studios in, in the United States very openly discussing his pornographic preferences on a podcast. Yeah. It seems like something Do you not that remember if... that Randy Pitchford made the fucking subreddit for I already forgot the name of the game's porn? Um, what was that game they made after Borderlands 2 that everyone was disappointed wasn't Battleborn? Born? Yeah. Randy Pitchford ran the Battleborn porn subreddit. Battleborn. Yeah, is it called yeah. Battleborn? Please call. Please tell me it's called Battleborn. That was something that was rumored for a while. Was that one of the big things he thought was this the reason that Overwatch succeeded was because of all like the Rule Thirty Four Overwatch stuff. So he, I think I think that gets the causality the wrong way right, around. Yeah, people yeah. make porn like of stuff that. they one like. Against the other, it's not the other way around. So like I, I re- it's not like if I mean, you begin. It's the not other, like there's like a, 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 a it's not like there's like a Jenny McCarthy video game out there, right? But this was like one of those things where, like, like I remember, like in the back, like hearing, like he was upset that there wasn't as much of that with Battleborn, and so he created a subreddit. I think it was called like something like, and like it, the rumor was like he was trying to get people like on DeviantArt to make more of this, even though people were like, no one, no one knows who the fucking characters are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny to hear that that was his reason that he thinks it failed just because there wasn't enough people making dirty pictures of the characters in it but it, it fits so much his profile doesn't it I mean it's just yeah the fucking first thing I ever I, can, I literally cannot name he, sorry go ahead like the fucking entire Borderlands art style is completely stolen off of a student art project without credit oh yeah that's true that as well uh, um, Code Hunters, I think the name of the short is. Yes, that's it. Great short, by the way. You guys should watch it and be like, "Wow!" Like they ripped this off. That they did. Um, so yeah, in 2019, I predict that Randy Pitchford will to continue jail. to suck. <laughs> Go to jail. Oh, maybe. That that's a bold prediction. I mean, let's be real. Think of. You really he's gonna go to jail. Think how long it took us to fucking nail R. Kelly for shit, right? We've known that R. Kelly's a fucking creepazoid for like a decade, and you know, it took it took us until we made a document a six part documentary series about him for people to start like canceling R. Kelly. It's gonna take it's gonna take something to cancel Randy Pitchford, considering Although, how much I don't think shit he's Randy put out Pitchford there. Is as popular as R. Kelly and like people give a shit like 90 percent of the time you hear someone talking about randy pitchford it's like man fuck randy pitchford <laughs> i mean 90 percent of the time you hear people talk about randy pitchford you specifically is on this podcast. yeah exactly no that guy's fucking rich if he's <laughs> if he's embezzling 12 million dollars from his company that guy's rich as shit i don't give a shit what happens to him um in any case, do you guys have any more predictions about 2019 not related to Randy Pitchford? I think uh, we I was going to say something, but then I got distracted about Randy Pitchford. So, um, yeah, 
I forget. I'm, I'm still not going to forget that motherfucker for Colonial Marines. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that asshole. I think this has been our most Pitchford heavy episode since, like, the second episode of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Randy Pitchford um, watch 2019. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Oh, one that I was going to say. Um, two things. I reckon Platinum are finally going to be successful this year. Ooh. I mean, Please? they were successful in 2017 with Neuro Automata, which has they now sold about three as, and a half million uh, copies. Like, they were successful as a subsidiary of Square into, like, no, it's and making another franchise. Um, Bayonetta 3 will be the first time it's, like, their own kind of thing. Um, and I just want them to be successful. Come on, I want them to be successful enough that they can publish their own games without relying on other dev- without relying- like other IPs. So they've got that that uh, Babylon game upcoming, and nobody really knows what that's all about. And they've also got the Grand Blue Fantasy game, and, which looks pretty good. Okay, my second prediction was this is going to be the year that the West starts giving a shit about Grand Blue Fantasy because we got that and the Arc System Works fighting game coming out, and they both look pretty good. And like, yeah, but the anime is shit. <laughs> so. I want to go because I actually sat down and watched the entire Grand Blue Fantasy anime, and I followed it up with watching the Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works anime. And I didn't like the Grand Blue Fantasy anime, but watching Fate Stay Night has made me go back and reconsider that man, it's not as bad as Fate Stay Night. Does that have anything to do? Well, I mean, is that? At least that's as... a little bit like saying that, you know, I, I I ate a rotten peach and it wasn't as bad as like okay, except, drinking a gallon of bleach. Except Fate Stay Night is massively successful in the West and everyone loves it. So if people can fucking yeah, love and more Fate... people buy bleach than peaches. No, so... but like if Fate Stay Night can be successful and have a fan base and have lots of people caring about it, and my good friends telling me it's good because they're liars and have no taste. Fuck you, Steve. Um, Steve? So you've been, you've been ripping on Steve, on Tim. Any more white boys you want to rip on? Like, oh, fuck Leon. Um, <laughs> no, like, if, like, I reckon if that's a sh- sh- like show and series and everything, they can get the fan base that it has. I think an Arc System Works fighting game, a platinum RPG, and apparently season two of the anime is coming out, is going to be enough to, like, get people to care Maybe. I don't know. Fucking. I mean, I will annoying. watch the anime so I can understand the video game that I know is going to be good. That I will subject my... myself to okay. six hours of shit. That was the entire reason I watched the anime, and my takeaway from it was like, man, maybe this video game won't actually be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Things, like, things I do for my interests. Because, like, oh, my God. Okay, this is how, like, you know how you can, like, see a character design and you've played enough JRPGs, you can be like, I know who that character's going to be. That's every single character. There's no, like, the main character, his personality is, I'm a JRPG protagonist. So he's like, I'm trying to think, he's like, kind of like Sore from Tales of Zestiria? Is that what I should be thinking of? Which one? Tales of... Tales of... Did you play Tales of Hysteria? No. Never mind then. Because um, my yeah, reference exactly point like is that. like... Have you played Final <laughs> Fantasy V? 
I, I've not played Final Fantasy. I've not played a single Final Fantasy game. Oh, wow, even what? I've played a Final yeah. Fantasy game. It's a, it's a shocker, I know. <laughs> okay, I don't know how I can explain this to you without using Final Fantasy terms, because it relies so heavily on we're just ripping off Final Fantasy. Um. Okay, so I'll just I'll just keep it in mind as a as like a rip off of Final Fantasy. I can deal with. I it. guess actually more tales. Like he's the main protagonist. He's like, oh yeah, I can do it. I can save the world. Then there's like the blue haired wayfish chick that's like got super hardcore magic and everything. But it's all like, ah, oh, I've never been outside the world before. Ah. <laughs> then there's like the knight chick. who's all like, I'm the ter- stereotypical stern knight character. And then there's like the roguish dude with like a five o'clock shadow who's like. I'm the five o'clock shadow road character, and it's just like, fuck. Okay, the main. The yeah, you're describing Tales of Asteria right now. The pretty magic much. chick's first thing that she does to show that she has dope ass magic is she literally summons Behemoth, like the dragon Behemoth from Final Fantasy, who's named Behemoth. <laughs> like, okay, this is this sounds like something that is going to be a huge waste of my time. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like the like last most episode. Okay, spoiler is, alert. No, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with the actual main plot because in the Grand Blue Fantasy mobile game, you can either choose to play a male or female protagonist. The last yeah. episode is then rewinds to the beginning of the show and does like an alternate universe take on the story where it was a female protagonist. And at first, I'm like, this is a really cool idea. Until it got ten minutes in the episode where I realized. They're doing this so they can have the bikini episode. The bikini beach episode. And, yep, I've heard about this. And it's just... Fuck you. Yep. Fuck you, show. <laughs> Fuck you. Alright, guys. Well, that's how you got your swimsuit DLC in the end. Um, <laughs> I think we made some so, predictions, though. I think we now we brought it full circle. Yeah. I think it's time to call this episode to a close. Um, if you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, we have a website. It's called avocadogamescast.wordpress.com. We put every episode up there. Every episode we've recorded so far is up there. Um, so you can go download it from there. There's also a link dump that fact checks all our blathering because we say a lot of stupid shit on this podcast, as I'm sure you've noticed by listening to it. Um, we can also subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play Music. Just search for Avocado Gamescast. And also make sure that you check out the community that spawned this podcast, The Avocado, at the-avocado.org. Don't actually type out the word hyphen. I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else you guys wanted to mention, non-Grand Blue Fantasy related, before we call this podcast to a close? Not another good one, bud. Sonic's All right, we great. did it. Woo! Happy New the movie, Year. The video game. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it is. Mega Man Happy... blocks up. Happy Mega Man blocks up. Yeah. Right? They just uploaded. Uh, we're talking about AGDQ, well, which is happening right now. Oh, oh okay. Uh, all right, so. Oh, or it got uploaded to YouTube. Yeah. You know what? Doesn't matter because AGDQ will be over by the time everybody listens to this. So. Uh, make sure that you get your donations ready for SGDQ, which is happening this summer, benefiting Doctors Without Borders. Another great cause. Are those sucky right, games guys. done quick? Uh, summer games summer. done quick. Oh, they actually have... So, um, because I was for, um, be hoping to... so they do have like an awful games done quick block every GDQ, <laughs> which is just like, a, like three hours of really shitty short games. 
Oh, um, there's like apparently a, a Saturn game they played this year, which is like, there were like game developers I follow on Twitter, like, I'm cancelling all my projects and only making coins of this game from now on. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, folks, for being on the podcast. Um, I apologize for all the awful things we said. Um, I apologize. Worry, I stand by everything I said. We everything we said on this podcast was said at Ben's behest. So if you have any complaints about jokes we made about rabbit holes, um, talk to Australia. Australia. at Shambrook Ben on Twitter. All right, yeah, just just tweet at him about how offended you were and how you're going to call the PTC, um, which has a lot of sway in Australia, apparently. Um, what the fuck? All right, guys. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. Bye now. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.